0: I, I played an entire um, political campaign, like the D&D campaign was mostly cruxed on the politics of the kingdom, that like of the setting, and it just evolved by the end into each player trying to fill the power vacuum after we assassinated the king and it just devolved entirely like the last session was literally everyone turned against each other and while it was fun in a way it also was complete chaos and not very satisfying so like that Mm. that's what happens i think when you lean too much on politics in your campaign
1: hi there i'm josh the current wing badger game master and tonight we're experimenting we're calling it Tavern Talk, and it's a chance to discuss the last session, dive deeper into the psyches of our main characters, and also talk about D&D in a more general sense. Tonight, we'll be talking about some homebrew rules, a couple different styles to plan sessions as a DM, how to use politics effectively in your storytelling, the Princess Bride, and some of Jake's experience at film school. So here's that conversation on the very first Tavern Talk, originally broadcast at twitch.tv wingbadgergaming. Enjoy! tonight chat we are experimenting with the idea of like a little oh. post show like in between kind of D fun times where we can talk about the current campaign reactions to the last session predictions for what's coming up and it also gives me a chance to plan uh without having to carve out extra time in my week because yeah, we just plan uh, this to
2: come for josh you know
1: yeah Exactly, and also it's a chance for the players to gaslight me into thinking things happened that didn't actually happen in the last mm, session. Yeah. They've, they've already said they're going to try and do that. Remember
0: before. when you said we were going to level up? That. Remember when you said <laughs> we leveled up?
3: Yeah, yeah that was I, the I, thing. Yeah. Pretty, yeah, pretty sure Josh you said, said we leveled up three times. Be Twenty. Because yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> of the three encounters, right? He said we leveled up each encounter. One that per time.
0: encounter.
2: Yeah, yeah. Of course.
1: That's that's about right. Wash right for a for a progression of leveling.
2: There were like two bunches (laughs) of spiders. You know, there were like like (laughs) twenty spiders in each group. So you know, that's one encounter each. Twenty levels. There it is. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's per monster, not even per encounter.
1: (laughs) Wow! Rip me. A swarm
0: of rats is automatically (laughs) at least ten levels. So, (laughs) right.
1: It's
4: per strike.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Dang, I don't know which Dungeon Master's Guide I've been reading. It must have been 3rd edition, because I I don't remember reading that at all. (laughs)
0: Well, we're playing playing 7th edition, didn't you know that? 7th edition?
1: Should we start by telling the story up to now? The story? Yes. Up until now. And if we do, I'd love to hear it from the player's perspective. It will help me know which things they Ah. retained and which things they didn't.
0: Interesting. Bro. Um,
1: Who volunteers?
4: (laughs) I believe we we opened with um, an angel falling from the heavens um, and fire ants.
0: Hmm. This is true. So uh, our our little mole man, um, and of course, while I'm on the spot talking, I forgot his name. Jebediah Uh, Peppermint, Jebediah, Peppermint,
3: Peppermint. Jebediah Peppermint.
0: He... Was was uh, was an exploring the tunnels, the newly uncovered tunnels, newly accessible tunnels, uh, the ancient dirt tunnels, and then my character, H- Allen, was also trying to find access to these tunnels. Was digging around up there trying to, and then just fell in. And uh, we met up. There were some fire ants. Um, I believe uh, Jebediah, like, kind of safely kept the fire ants from stinging me, which I appreciate. And we uh, kept on moving inside the tunnels until we ran into these other two
3: guys. Yeah, and I was really trying to say Stranger Danger, but somebody wasn't having it. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I even gave him another name, and instantly they he's already given away my actual name. I'm like <laughs> this guy. I don't think
4: Zoth has ever met a stranger, though. <laughs> I think he's the kind of guy who's who everybody.
2: Nobody's that, a stranger. A yeah. yeah, no one's <laughs> a stranger. We all vibing, man. We That's all true. vibing. Everybody vibing.
0: So, so <laughs> um, true. after true, after we all met up, we kind of did this thing where we all kind of asked each other, "Hey, why are you here?" And none of us really gave a straight answer. I don't think until. No.
2: I said so no, I gave a straight I gave hello, the exact call? reason why I was there.
0: What was your true? Wh- why were you there? Plants plants, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> For the 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 druid the magical plants, man. Yeah. Okay. It was also, just
4: innocuous also, of an answer that we didn't Jeb think gave, it
0: was C. Yeah, Jeb <laughs> gave his reason eventually, and which was Yeah.
4: Looking for his grandpa's stuff. He he was he was really trying to hold his cards close to his chest because you know if he was looking for something valuable, you don't just say hey you know I'm looking for diamonds you know
0: <laughs> and, and whatnot.
4: Yeah. But um.
3: I struck gold.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I heard there's gold down here. Don't you do
0: anything with it? But that's what I'm here
4: for.
3: Yeah, it's my gold now. I dibs.
1: I called dibs on it. So you know you can't. <laughs>
4: It's you like can't violate China, the I mean. international dibs protocol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Pretty sure that doesn't even have a language barrier. I think every every culture, and civilization has dibs.
0: dibs. Yep.
1: Uh, so we got, I
3: have dibs on this civilization.
1: We got called in the chat, just a official welcome to hey,
3: you, Cole. Welcome back. Nice. Welcome back, what now, we y'all. Talking
2: about the events of, of last week. Yeah. If, so if called calls us out,
0: does it mean he called us out? Does yeah. That,
4: yeah, i out. Yep.
0: All- um, but then, so, and then, uh, <laughs> Owlin was there for the purpose of seeing if he could find any sort of leads on magical items or, um, anything that could lead back to the source of why magic is gone right now. That's what he's investigating.
3: Cause so, there
1: do be no magic in the world at the moment.
3: Um, and and as far as the rest of the party is concerned i believe uh we're just looking for plants me and zarg is that is that Uh, zog zoth Zoth. zoffkug that's right i call him (laughs) kug my man (laughs) kug so uh it's it's an orc and as far as the rest of the party is a human uh traveling together though um i'm an an
0: azamar hello hi how are you
3: he, he is birdman. man bird folk i am i am human Wait, got an orc
0: who's bird folk
3: azamar isn't the azamar like bird folk no well, that no. is
1: like a celestial no, they're like they're like half oh, angels Oh, yeah. i've I don't...
3: been stupid this oh, entire <laughs> time <laughs> the... wait 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 gotta... all right you
1: can call trevor hug if you want that's
4: fine and that's <laughs> gotten to that one point in the book where he's been reading about the characters and he finally right. sees an illustration. He's yeah. like, my mental picture has been wrong this whole time.
0: The E2 have wings on their shoulders and the Azamar only have like, for example, Allen doesn't have wings on his shoulders, but like golden, golden, like immaterial, like not real, but like visible wings sprout on his shoulders when he oh. rages in
3: Incorporeal is the word he wants.
0: Golden incorporeal wings God, sprout on his yeah. shoulders when he rages. So, cause he's a barbarian.
3: Well, there goes my mental image. Um, <laughs>
1: so,
0: we got, I, we got I, that. So just man. so you know, I'm
4: playing a mole guy. It looks like a <laughs> yeah, mole Yeah, I got okay? And he's
1: like two feet tall, right? Two oh, and a yeah. half feet tall?
4: Oh, man. Two, two foot six. Thank you two very foot much. Six? Yep. He's above <laughs> average.
1: Ari says Dolly Spartan was an ASMR, which means that Matt made it through that entire one shot, not knowing what you looked like.
0: <laughs> yeah, he
1: thought Dolly Spartan
0: was a bird.
4: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing.
3: Oh my gosh! I don't. I don't think I ever. I don't think I. I just assumed she looked like Dolly Spartan. It it seems
2: Matt tries to gaslight the entire party. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there wasn't much imagining necessary in that one shot though, because of how ridiculous it all was. Like That's it was true. just oh, like, yeah, yeah you know, you, we didn't take that seriously. So, but, but last week's session
1: though, last week's session, you all met <laughs> because Allen fell through the ceiling, uh, nearly landed on Jebediah, and then they heard some voices arguing in the distance. It was Zoth and Fox, which are yep. uh, Trevor and Matt respectively, uh, arguing about whether there might be plants down here. And stranger uh, danger. And stranger
3: danger. Uh, and then what happened next, friends? Um, I, I know Fox had uh, many a moment to shine and he he went from being really bad at it to being really good <laughs> at picking locks. Uh, there were some rats involved. I mean it was uh, also an
0: evil fungi involved, right? That was Oh yeah, good. we had an evil fungi our first fungi encounter. In that. Yeah.
3: Yep. Yeah, almost almost like d- poisoned one of us, which we're all level 1, so
2: that would have been <laughs> pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. one of the the notable quotes from last session um, from
3: the lore master looks up the quotes. Yeah, mm-hmm. our Trevor Gosh, is our modded. You lore take master.
2: seven damage from a violent fungus, Jake. We are level one. Are you sure about that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jake, that fungus was a CR one quarter.
2: I'm
0: just saying, seven damage is a lot for level one. That's half my hit points.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which I took. I took my full my full health and hit points later yeah. so I guess I shouldn't have been complaining yeah you but... fell dead at least <laughs> once
1: I did it's a, I, it's a dangerous I'm world there in Urida. chat made that world with us man yeah. <laughs> chat's also, not going to go easy on you
0: random aside I am eating the uh, German chocolate cake uh, Oreos right now really freaking good
3: anyway. we are really bad at this <laughs> <laughs>
1: Someone's got to say it.
3: I mean, you're like we're trying to recap instant tangents. Aria, okay. I think they're
1: quotable notes more than notable quotes. Mm.
3: <laughs> so we had we had the poisonous uh, fungi thing lash out at us. We had a big moment, like, whoa, that was scary. Um, even though you know Jake felt really bad, all our characters were like, ah, you're fine. It was a single <laughs> like little fungi thing. And, and none it's of us got
4: walk it
5: off
3: yeah <laughs> come on uh we went some exploring we kind of followed jeff dies since he seemed to know what was going on being mo folk and we we're in a mo folk area um that was abandoned <laughs> That
4: crazy mo folk
5: crazy,
3: crazy <laughs> <mo-folk. laughs> So, you know, we end up finding this and that, and there were some doors we unlocked, and, you know, we're trying to look for some. Jebediah is definitely looking for something, and we found some chests. There were some rats inside the chest. Thank you, chat. Um, and we all had a fun time fighting the rats horribly, uh, I might add. I think I tried to kick it three times and failed. Uh, <laughs> somebody tried hitting it with their sword and failed. I think Zog was trying to grab it multiple times and failed. And I think I think Jebediah just watched. And laughed. No, he <laughs> wasn't.
1: Then, he wasn't watching. I don't think he was laughing with that watching, was he?
4: Um, I mean, he was kind of, he was kind of like shaking his head. Like, <laughs> oh, boys okay. will get it. You know, I'm, <laughs> I, I came here to look at the chest. I'm gonna look at the chest. They're, they're that, that is
0: what <laughs> happened. He looked <laughs> in the chest while we were doing stuff. You're right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I think they,
3: they can handle three rats. That's right. It was
1: Ari who sprung those rats on you. So thanks was, for that, Ari. Yeah.
3: I'm, so, I'm here for the random go. encounters, we got Stayed further in. We started skipping doors because, li- listen, man, we got places to be. You, you know,
2: past my 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 friendly moment. You know, me oh and Rat right, had the connection.
3: <laughs> he and had a connection with the Rat later.
2: which yes, <laughs> <So> <laughs> it, pay so, it paid um, off. So one of the
1: You want to tell us about your moments grabbed? off? Tell us about your connection. Yeah, yeah. Yes, go ahead,
2: so. go ahead. So you know, this whole time he was just trying to catch it in his hand, and he was going to eat it. You know, across the room or whatever. So he, like, finally grabbed it after multiple attempts, and he's just like, all right, going to throw it. And he looks back in a glancing moment, and then he connects with it. Vibe. They have that same energy, man. He couldn't let that happen to the rat. So he gently uh, puts it on his shoulder and is like, I'm going to keep you. But then the rat scurries away, and he's like, all right, that's fine. You don't want to stay with me. That's fine. Ant.
0: I'm imagining like in slow motion, like very cinematic, with like, <laughs> oh, oh, mo- like music <laughs> yeah. while he's like throwing it.
1: falls down and on the rat, th-
0: <laughs> and the rat is just like looking at you with like puppy dog eyes, <laughs> as much puppy dog eyes as, as rats can have. Like, and then and then you just like, oh, that's that'd be so funny. Yeah,
2: this is the classic movie trope, you know. Yeah. When 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 the character you know looks into the eyes of something they're about to kill, and then they just can't. Yep. Yeah.
4: It
1: just can't do it, man.
4: In that moment, can do it, man. Zothgurt became a Disney princess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an orc, a Disney princess. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Disney's really one. been changing things uh, stylistically mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: lately. Yeah, they're going with some design choices. You That's know, some really, changes. I, they're very, it's
1: very inclusive.
0: Now yeah. orcs have someone they can look to who really. Right,
3: exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what happened um, next? If anybody else wants to pick up.
1: Maybe Jebediah pick up for a little bit
4: well we we did have the the wonderful instance well so when we got up to um, to the, the security office you know kind of up to that point Jebediah has been I think he's been like just I was thinking back like on his motivations last time and, and, and like it's only been one game um, and so I've been but I've been thinking about like how he's been feeling about everything. You know, he's he's kind of a bit of a loner, but he used to be a part of a community and and he's uh he's been maybe been burned a bit lately in the city. So being initially um kind of reserved from these folk um has has been his natural inclination. But you know adversity tends to pull people together and although this is day one You know he's had an he's had an instance of a a couple people saving his bacon and uh and people showing uh you know genuine concern and consideration for him um especially with uh, when he discovered the the loss of his grandfather um just random dudes just being straight up bros and being like you
5: know
4: man I'm, i'm really sorry you know um he had a he had a pretty cool i think i think it may not have come through as as well as um it actually resonated with him but i think fox really uh i think it really resonated with him like fox teaching him how to pick that lock like because it was it was a big moment for him and and it went so well you know in his mind <laughs> the door was actually unlocked but the of it was, was pretty spectacular oh. you know he's had some he's had some really cool moments this past day um of, of you know in his mind i think he's like you know what these guys are all right you know originally it was safety in numbers if traps are going to fly off you know one of them might take it and that's going to be easier on me sort of thing but but i think he's really starting to warm up to everybody and uh i think that's uh i think he i think he likes that i think he he likes having some some folks to to rely on and that he can um maybe be be there for him in the in the future
1: Nice. I I love that one of his like foundational moments was being taught to unlock a lock that was already unlocked. I think that's so great like the impact it's had on him even though it was already unlocked. Like because in yeah. that there was like a throwaway moment where Matt decided I'm not going to tell him. I'm just going to congratulate him and let him have the win. And like, yeah. it's Just like yeah, good job, man. Like, nice. Yeah.
4: That's so cool. He could have not done that.
1: He I, could, like, have been, I he can't, could have
4: embarrassed
1: him, Yeah. He uh, un. Unfortunately, while that great foundational moment was happening, what what was happening with Alin and Zothkug guys? How? Well, what, did, what did they do?
0: <laughs> well, there were some spiders. Um, spiders that speed raise. Some, yes. some big ones. Some big A big spider and two swarms of spiders um, that were trying to break through a door behind, like trying to trying to trying to, trying to attack us. Oh. Clarifying and note:
3: We didn't up, know up. that there was one big spider in two swarms of spiders behind the door <laughs> until they busted through the door well, in our face. This is true everywhere. Yes,
0: dark. but they were trying to bust through this door, and so I know at least Alan prepped his rage and was like, "All right, going from like, yeah, this." Oh yes, this is my voice. Like this, hello. This is how I talk to. You. Like, all right, let's let's kill these. Let's do it. You know, and uh, so. But then, funnily enough, oh, and I don't even think he landed a blow before he <laughs> uh, was knocked unconscious by the giant spider. Um, so that was really fun, and there was a big fight. The, that what happened.
3: And I the, believe yeah. Jebediah got to use his heirloom. Hmm. To much effect.
1: Got to storm in, shoot a magic effect. gun, a boomstick.
4: <laughs> yep, yep. He's, he's pretty excited about that, and, and and pretty excited about discovering more about it. You know, it's it's all been theory up to this point, and uh, and he's kind of interested to, you know, it's it's Ew. gonna. I think it's gonna become a fixation for him, of like finding different ways and different places to experiment with the thing, because.
1: You know, putting theory into practice is what he's all about. I bet that's gonna make him great friends with Allen. he's like agreed on this journey to rediscover I magic so. and unlock it with technology.
0: Allen was is at the at the end when everything wrapped up. Allen was very interested in talking to him about that. There's Allen a- came from a society of researchers and tinkerers and inventors, and so yeah, that's like
2: totally up his alley.
1: There's a moment at the end of that spider fight. That we referenced earlier, just a little bit, uh, Zoph, You want you want to tell us about that?
2: <laughs> the end of the
3: spider fight. Yeah. Yeah. How how the session kind of came to a close because
0: oh. you know in your you one moment of kindness yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe paid I off. I thought you later. meant
2: like immediately after like, like healing. No, it was during it. it was during like, the
3: fight. During
2: the fight. <laughs> oh oh the, the rat that showed up. Yeah. And out a spider. Yes. Yeah,
3: you forget your rat friends so fast.
2: (laughs) No, I thought you were talking about... I don't know. You were just using
1: him. (laughs) 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 You weren't real rat friends.
2: (laughs) We'll always be real rat friends. (laughs) He's in here. here. (laughs) Uh, Yes, he he heroically charged in killing the last member of one of the spider groups.
1: Yes, he ate one of the little spiders. Saved you all. Nom,
2: nom. At least he um, thinks um, he um, saved
1: um, you all. He's pretty convinced he's the hero.
2: He did save us. Yeah. I will tell him he saved us. Good. Every rat is the hero
0: of its own D and D campaign. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Until they die. <laughs> uh,
3: then they then, have to roll new rats.
1: And then they decided to use one of the restrooms because um, this this whole tunnel network was a way station uh, from a, a when You gotta era. go. You gotta go.
4: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean? I mean, nature calls.
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: And you, you know adventurers always go in groups like uh like high school yeah. girls. <laughs> Just yep. Go to the restaurant. Oh, yeah. exactly. No, they they use like a what do you call it then? It's not a restroom. I guess it's a bedroom. A, Eric, room. a, a guest common room. common room. Oh, or a guest room. Either of those Maybe. is fine. They used bunk the, room. the a guest common stop. bunk room.
0: Rest stop. That's a good one, too.
1: Yeah, the guest common bunk room stop rest. That's where they went <laughs> to to yeah. take a rest. But just as they were about to rest, uh, Fox locks eyes with a, a small tree, uh, <laughs> a, little, a little fungi, and it gets weird. So he calls over Zoff. Uh, and, and what happens there, friends?
2: <laughs> so, uh, Zoth, like, like, kind of curious, like, um, it starts it initiates conversation with Zoth.
3: All right, I, I just want y'all to see this from, from any, a reasonable person's perspective, <laughs> okay? Yeah, <fine. laughs> you've never seen this in your life. You look, no? and you lock eyes with a living being that you've never even imagined, Yeah, and it's locking eyes with you. And yeah. you're like, this is weird. But Next it's not thing you know,
2: you, it's not lights,
3: lights like spores start flying towards you slowly. You don't know what that is. It could, it could be anthrax. It could be <laughs> <an> <laughs> way to kill you, and it then it's eating him. You don't know. So I'm like you freaking know. out. I ask the one guy I know who knows anything about nature, and he just goes. He's just like, it's talking to me. I'm going.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. What's unreasonable about that? You know, I, I know what I'm talking about. You know, you just didn't feel the vibe. You you were not connected to the vibe, man. Maybe you need to come with us and have I- education and <laughs> vibing. I'm just
3: saying, you're having a conversation with it, right? Yeah. And how'd that go? It
2: went great. <laughs> I'll this conversation more. is going to pay off tenfold.
3: And how'd it end?
2: Uh, I'm going to gonna teach him how to vibe. Yeah.
3: yeah. This, this
1: plant folk wanted to know so how to gonna vibe. End up with
0: I'm going to teach this little guy <laughs> how to vibe. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was the last line, I think. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was the yeah. very last line. It, it was.
1: was. Way
2: to end it on a good, good note time. there, Trevor. It was a yeah. solid. Yep. No regrets. Good cliffhanger.
1: So how do we feel about how the last session went? And do you have any predictions yet for how the next session is going to go?
0: Worst session of d and I've ever played in my wow. life.
1: I'm just
4: kidding. <laughs> oh man, it was, <laughs> I agree, it was terrible. Yeah. Too, <laughs> many, too many fire ants.
3: Oh, yeah, for real? Yeah, yeah, I agree, yeah, actually. Ants. Fire ants are an omen, actually. Mm. Um, it's foreshadowing. Uh, uh, the demon <laughs> army, you know, marching out of the dirt <laughs> to uh, attack Firecups. people. Yeah. it's not the dirt people the dirt people little did we know one of them dug too greedily and too deep
0: well our lore master and myself could correct you by saying that dirt weren't interested in digging deep that's they why i said interested. one There's no one they were interested in my madness
3: <laughs> one driven by madness <laughs> by dragon my sickness prediction. no okay that's that's my prediction <laughs> hmm my um, predictions
4: for, for the next session. I think we're going to see a lot of. Uh, I'm gonna. I think Zothkug's probably going to take a lot of the spotlight next session. Mm. Um, and I think, uh, as far as Jebediah is concerned, I think he's probably going to to stay back a little bit and and like assist. I think he's going to be like a bit more support, a bit more distant.
0: Well, like is he's he's kind of had up. his
4: spotlight this uh, this episode.
0: That makes sense. Alan's gonna keep asking, a Jebediah about the gun, and we should find
4: like a little sidebar. Yeah, it to like talk yeah, about it
0: yeah, definitely, because Alan's super intrigued by that, because um, that's like a big, that's a big, I guess probably plot hook for him is like investigating mm-hmm. how that, how that, how that works, like how. How does this thing operate how does the magic True. stay with the ammunition is this a thing like is imbuing magic into items the way to like bring magic back into life mm-hmm. and like like how can that be replicated so it, yeah.
3: it's the classic like uh any kind of trope where the scientist has been studying the thing for their entire life and, mm-hmm. and, and like they've been studying maybe like portals or wormholes the next thing you know this guy's just like yeah i travel dimensions all the time let's go and you're like, <laughs> yeah. wait stop i need to talk to you about yep. how you do that and they're just like well i press the button and just well, going, woo. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah it's got the woo button all the time. Yeah. well i think jeb is kind of in that same boat a little bit um you know because he's been he's been reading about this thing and studying this thing forever and now that he's got it i want like part of him's going to be like like what do i do with it now though you know mm. I, I think there's going to be a lot of tinkering and experimentation and, and you know.
3: I'm, I'm waiting for this. Because he's got
4: all the info on it. Like, he's got the he's got mm. his, his grandpa's book. And now he's got this new grandpa. his Like, his other grandpa's book. Well, Not his other grandpa. His grandpa's other book. There we
5: go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were all this his
4: new
0: grandpa. And I was going to be like, well. well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a really got quickly formed He's going to nickname it
4: <laughs> Papa. Um, but yeah, but like now that he's got it, it's like, you know, what what do I do with it? It's almost like what it what's that in in the Princess Bride when Inigo Montoya is at the end. He's like, you know, I've been pursuing revenge for so long. Now that I've killed the guy, I kind of don't know what to do with myself.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Um, you know, now that he's got this thing, it's like it's it's going to be a lot of a lot of tinkering. And, and whatnot. yeah, so ah. he's probably going Like, if you've got ideas on magic outside of this. Yeah. Probably gonna knock some heads and, you know, figure some stuff out.
3: I, I do wanna say I'm waiting for the spin off series where we, we <laughs> have like a book or something just focus on Jebediah's journey all the way up until that anthill broke down with with you know with that as Sar jumping through the hole like an angel.
2: Josh and Wash take over for like a month. Maybe that'll <laughs> be
1: like a maybe that can be a reward. Like a you know, like a ten subs reward kind of thing. Like we hit 10 subs, we give you the, the session of like Jebediah's kind of formation or, or whatever.
2: We could also do the, the, the sort of start. We could pretty much do the start of anyone's journey that way. They you could know?
3: each be set like rewards. Yeah.
2: That'd I'm just fun. saying
3: Jebediah came to the end of his journey at the beginning of ours. Like that was his life work. I mean, we're just looking for plants. Well, it's the end of the <laughs> beginning, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right it's 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 to be you know one door closes another opens yeah you know and that's what they say
2: so
0: well this has been narrative storytelling 101 with wing badger gaming thank you guys (laughs) for uh joining us (laughs) right
3: i you know prediction wise since I, i feel like we've already heard from two people um i will say for my character um i feel like fox is gonna have a bit of a of an internal crisis uh it may be a minor one but you know he's he's somewhat at this point glued to you know Cug. um but does he really want to stay attached to these other two people right and i think he's probably going to look for a moment to like break away and then that's going to be his moment of crisis of like is that what he really wants mm-hmm. you know and it, i i guess however however it leads up to that is going to determine whether or not he tries know mm-hmm.
1: interesting that
0: is interesting
3: I will note this
1: this potential internal crisis as I as I plan for what happens in the next session
3: <laughs> <laughs> writes down notes
1: I, well, yeah. you know, I, I'm trying to plan in events that will that will ping off your character's backstories a little bit so that there's some built-in stakes for you all so you, but-
2: it'll be exactly next session this is something we sort of already talked about. just to, like, you know, about casters and everything, but I I, I predict for next session, I'll probably find sort of the plant that I've been looking for, and uh, I don't know if if we should spoil it for chat, Josh, or if you want to save it as a surprise.
1: I mean, you know what you're looking for, right? Like, Sothcark knows what he's looking for, so I don't think it's a spoiler to say you're looking for it. I can't tell you if you're gonna find it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So we're we're looking for these plants that basically, um, I guess like, in uh, like, mechanically wise, would allow Zoth to to spell cast. Like it's sort of use use the plant and get X amount of use out of it, like spell slot or whatever. And then it takes X amount of days to recharge because it's a plant that has to grow. He has to care more than ever. Hmm. So Kinda I suspect. Like, I I think like. Uh, sorry, Matt. No, no,
3: it's okay. It's you yours. Go, it's you, yours go. You, you go. go. No, you no. go. You go. You go. I thought I thought you were ending. It's fine. Okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I think I think uh, the way we were talking about it before was uh, like you cut off a leaf or a stem or something. Oh, it's and... a it's a follow from Haas.
1: Anybody want to go and thank Ooh. Haas for following us with the banhammer? banning him. Julie. Yeah. Ooh, it's another Haas.
3: Haas Tiger and Haas Flesh. a bunch more. Oh my goodness.
1: I'll, I'll give you the, the heads up chat. If we get hate raided, I'm going to run three minutes of ads to monetize the hate raid, just so you know. So it's not you, it's us. But if that happens, <laughs> we're going to...
2: Well, we'll be bringing in the dough, so yeah, we're okay we're with gonna it. We're going to
1: show all those bots some ads. Was this
2: bot was this here last, last, yesterday? No. no I, the
0: host bots are known hate raid bots. Yeah. Oh. No it's yep. been
3: a time
1: Anyway, it has been a time. <laughs> Matt do you remember when you were trying to tell a story and then first you and Trevor talked over each other and then you joked about it for a little bit and then right as you started telling the story <laughs> we
3: got a hate bot followed dude <laughs> classic Um, but yeah no Uh, anyway plants you cut them you use them for healing properties I think the idea was it would mechanically work as a healing spell Um, but I, I realistically you're just Using medicinal, really powerful medicinal herbs, um, and of course to recharge, being they're growing and all. That was the idea of what we're looking for. Right? Is we're looking for something to, we're looking for healing plants. We're looking, we're looking for healing plants. You know, we're tired of sneakers. We need healies. So we're looking <laughs> for the healing plants.
4: <laughs> it's just big sunflower wheels on the side of your shoe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> what AC bonus do I get for having Heelys?
3: <laughs> Combat boost uh, with Heelys, mind you.
1: That's an old man Henderson reference for any of you throwback D and D fans out uh, there.
0: You have to have spend a bonus. I haven't read old man up. Henderson in so long. Sorry, do interrupt. sorry. Sorry, I, yeah. I, I was the other day. It was no, it I was it
4: was, to... it was pretty legitimate. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> phenomenal.
2: Nice. Trevor, I think you are going to say something
1: related to the actual
3: stream. Yeah, go ahead.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so I think um, prediction-wise, I think the the fungi creatures, uh, Mythroids, I believe, right? Myconids. 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 I don't know where Mythroids came from. (laughs) It started
3: with an Is that like in your body? Is that like a... (laughs) Is that a gland? <laughs> yeah, you know the Myconid
1: is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh,
2: the mitochondria will like take me to some like sort of secret, secret base, secret society or whatever, and they'll be like, "Yeah, we have these plants that we can use to, to live and thrive off of. them." Yo, I'm gonna principle. steal
3: them. I'm gonna steal them. Oh, well, I wouldn't go. steal them.
2: I'd legit just off would just straight up ask for them. Fox is
3: thinking, "Yo, I'm gonna steal him. I'm yeah, gonna steal we'll him. Let's, go. Let's go!"
2: Don't steal from people who treat you nice.
3: I will. Pee, I will steal from the anthrax fungus people. Okay, it's not anthrax. <laughs> this is the crisis know of that. conscience
1: that Fox is gonna have in the <laughs> next in the next session.
3: What do you mean you saw Zoth walk through it? It's safe. Maybe Zoff, maybe orcs are immune to
2: anthrax. Yeah, maybe Zog. Are orcs immune to anthrax? <laughs> <laughs> Zoff
1: has spent a a long time build, slowly building up an immunity to i powder. <laughs> yeah, so- yeah, right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> nice. Inconceivable. <laughs>
1: right, yeah. How many Princess Bride references can we now work into this session?
0: Let's get to
2: at All least right. fifteen. We're no longer a D and D podcast. We're a Princess Bride pun reference podcast. Mowage.
1: Mowage.
2: <laughs> just, just out of context, yeah, for you, no you, reason.
1: I don't think just saying a quote from a <laughs> movie
4: counts. You need you need more marbles in your mouth in your mouth when you say that one. Yeah. That's
1: true. That's true. Oh, man. What chat, what, we? Uh, chat, give me some NPC okay. names for the next session while we wait to see what we'll talk about Ooh. next. Um, one of the things that I like about doing this little post show, I'm literally doing my planning as they talk. It nice. doesn't look like it because you haven't seen me type anything and mostly I've laughed at the jokes they've made. But there, a lot of it happens up here. A lot of it happens up Gosh, here. Wow. Right. It it laughed there. at this joke oh ari is mawage uh is that an npc name do i have to say yes, it's yes. An npc mawage yes Ah <laughs> yes. we yep uh it's mawage thank you <laughs>
0: <laughs> mawage mawage
1: mawage i love that that's like a it's like it's a monk named mawage
0: it's like name right. like that's i mean yeah. that's how i <laughs> I have a pivot topic if we want to if we want to inorganically pivot a topic, but if we want to organically pivot a topic, don't have Uh, to do that.
1: Wow, with a segue like that, it is (laughs) now Ari says, (laughs) it is now. Heck yes, (laughs) I'm I'm here for it. Nice. Um, I'm also uh, one of the things that I like about D and D is that everybody can run it differently. I'm interested Mm -hmm. uh, in especially I know I know Wash has DM'd and Trevor's DM'd. Um, how do you guys well. feel about game style versus like the way that I'm running D and D for at least for this session? Like, are there things you do differently? Are there house rules you miss? Like, you know, talk to me about the game that is D and D. What is Dungeons and Dragons?
2: So I actually really liked combat. It felt pretty smooth and quick and streamlined. The only complaint I have is like initiative sort of isn't really a thing. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. It's just weird not having an initiative.
1: Fair. That makes sense. But I,
2: did, I did like how combat went pretty smoothly.
1: I wonder if there's a modification for that house rule that brings initiative back into it. Like, I mean, we can just keep initiative order, but otherwise keep all the rules the same.
2: Yeah, and like even in the standard rule set, you can always like, like in initiative, you can be like, I'm going after this person or like, I'll delay until after this. Like if you're ahead of someone, you can just say I'm going after that.
4: Yeah. I, I, I like know. how uh, you go ahead and finish Trevor no, before no, no, you finish your, before I move on. You go. I, I want to, to re- reserve the, the John Washburn seal of approval until later games. But so far, I think that your DMing style has been fantastic. Um, I do like how quickly I do like how quickly you keep the keep the combat moving. I felt like that it, it moved pretty quickly. Um, house rules are house rules, like you know, confirming um, criticals and everything. That that's like whatever. That's that's not really where my heart sits, so it doesn't really bother me one way or the other. Um, one thing that I do in my game with initiative because I run a game for, like, eight players. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of us. Um, And tracking initiative in in that is a nightmare. So what we do is we go around the table, um, and then at 12 o'clock and 6 o'clock, so at the foot of the table and at the head of the table, that's when the monsters go. And the players are all around the sides. And the way that we... uh, So it's kind of like the way that we're doing it, where, like, the party goes and then the monsters go. But, um... But what we do is we roll initiative and then whoever gets the highest is where we start on the clock. So if the person with the highest initiative is on the far right, then we start from there and then we go clockwise around. Hmm. If the person is, you know, who gets the highest is over. That way there's still like some some randomness to it and there's still like some benefit to having a high initiative modifier. Hmm. Um, but as far as like everybody going in, you know... It makes it easy just go around the table rather than popcorning all over the place, but really that all depends on You know your your players and how many you have and and how difficult they have Keeping track of initiative and so it's like, you know, it's kind of what works for the group. I think ours has been pretty great Um, I I do like the uh, how we have a minute or so to talk about strategy, but I don't feel like we've really needed that yet Um, we may in the future so that's what I mean Like, time will kind of tell if that becomes useful to us or if we discover the usefulness in it but I feel like so far we've just had a pretty solid plan we just kind of state what our objective is and then everybody kind of works around it and it's it's like okay it's not an issue
1: Sure. and I think at at level 1 encounters are fairly straightforward like you know when you think about Um, I think about encounters in terms of a dramatic question, right? Like, um, every encounter has to have a question, and when the question's answered, the encounter ends. So, like, for example, the question might be, will the spider kill the party? Or the question might be, will the party find out what's in the chest? And that way, the encounter doesn't have to have a single path of, of, like, following it. Like, you don't have to necessarily... um, trigger the trap to open to find out what's in the chest you know if the if the encounter is finding out what's in the chest you could use a spell to open. well you guys can't rip magic that, like, <laughs> rip. Um, you know people could use a spell or you could try and lockpick pick it or you could step in and trigger the trap and then you have to do combat and whatever and so when you think about it in those terms the like the minute to talk tactics becomes really helpful when it's not just a direct like I have to fight the thing because if a di- you know yeah. if one of the party members comes up with a different answer that's easier to the dramatic question it gives you a chance to share it um, yeah. you know if, if you're fighting something that's sentient then I mean a spider is sort of sentient but like you know if you're fighting something that's thinking for itself and has like desires above I'm hungry which is what the spider's question was do I get to eat the party um, and the question was answered no once it lost enough hit points so it fled back into its little hidey hole um, you know, but when you have characters with their own motivations that you're fighting, like that guy you pissed off at the tavern, um, <laughs> then there are lots of ways to to resolve that conflict. So, I like it for that purpose. I do but... like
4: I do like having a chance to like talk, though, because because normally, at least in my games, when it comes to your turn players going back and forth saying so i think we need to run should we run and and it sounds like it's not my turn you know i'm not right there or or, you know or whatever i like at the beginning of the round just being like this is bad guys you get him i got a thing to help us get out of here we're getting out of here and then everybody kind of like knows how to direct their turn or if if somebody says that then the other guys can be like no i've got a thing we can take him if we want to take the risk and everyone's like yeah okay well if you got a thing then let's go and then we can just kind of focus our turns i really like that about it
2: in totally. Prior games, sometimes it would be like, "All right, start of combat," and then we would talk, like kind of like we already do, but it would sort of it wouldn't be a structure to just be like, "Are we doing this? Are we doing this? Are we doing this?" And, and it can it make camp- combat drag. Yeah, and the DM would be like, "All right, you guys have been talking for way too long. You go now. Like first person, just go now." Sure. Then, yeah.
1: It it also I've considered. Um, Whether like as you guys level up as a group, if I need to increase the amount, I don't think I do yet, but you know, when you hit like level five or level 10, if I need to increase the amount of time that you get to talk (laughs) tactics on the premise that like the longer that a group works together, the more they get to know each other's strengths. So it's like you, you would get a more solid understanding of what everyone around you can do, um, during combat. And the only way to really simulate that is to give you more time to talk about it.
2: Also, at sense. higher levels, we'll have more actions to work through and more That's things true. to to consider doing. You know, like right? We'll have more uses for our bonus action, and true. we'll have extra attacks. And so, like, maybe the individual timer goes up a little bit too.
1: Maybe you'll even turn magic back on.
2: <laughs> wow! <laughs> what a concept. Magic and d d <laughs> never. No.
1: no. especially in
3: fifth edition. <laughs>
2: Damn.
3: Um, I just want to say real quick I apologize. Uh I was I was gone there for a second. Um work things happened. <laughs> so How dare you? Wow.
1: Matt's working while he's streaming chat.
3: You could have you could have just not told
0: us and, and we, we probably wouldn't probably have known.
3: known. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I unlike Fox Unlike Fox, I am an honest person, okay?
2: <laughs> Are you? Most of the time. Got him. See, you can't always trust an honest person to be honest, but you can always trust a dishonest person to be dishonest.
1: Ooh. Ari, where's the magic circuit breaker? (laughs) True. Have you tried turning magic off and back on again? We
0: we can't overlook what Matt just said.
1: (laughs) Dude, Gandalf from Star Wars? <laughs> you're right. That might need to be a quote that gets added yeah. into our little quote base here. Yeah,
3: that's that's what Trevor was quoting, right? Totally. No. <laughs> no.
1: Also, Josh. Uh, My camera at cool. least died.
0: At least for us, you're dead. Rip me. Yeah. Josh yeah.
2: died. Oh, no! Gosh, just, no, 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 no. Josh didn't die. He just turned More into like Elgato.
0: El no. no. yeah.
2: El oh God, no. Yeah. Oh God, no. Oh God. Got him with that. L God, no. no.
1: I'm gonna go turn my camera back on. You guys just talk amongst yourselves. Nah.
2: <laughs> you gotta get break your first taste. You you, you we can talk about we can talk freely about how bad everything was. Oh I, yeah, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty great. <laughs> I, I I don't know if Josh can hear me. I'm sure. Hopefully, he can. Um, I I have DM'd a little bit too, and I really like that a lot of these mechanics encourage the game to move quicker, but like such as like the the um, tension pool and stuff like that. But it doesn't, at least so far, seem to be limiting role play. It more encourages just to make the best time, like of the time you have to roleplay make the best of it which i think that's a good that's a good thing because i've been in sessions or campaigns where there was some great role playing going on it's just that there were times where you just get caught up in it and the game is not
3: moving along like at all yeah. but yeah, yeah. it, it put some urgency to yeah. it <clears throat> uh, which is definitely something i've noticed before in campaigns i've played uh, with josh where that's always like a constant issue of like we had a fun time don't get us wrong but like, what was supposed to be like a three session campaign turned into like, how many years? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, mind you. 30 minutes
4: of fun crammed into three hours. Uh,
3: we also made an NPC, like a, a plot critical uh, NPC that was just supposed to be like, hey, I'm a person, bye. And we're like, no, <laughs> no, you're not. You're, 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 you're quest now. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the, 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 the random quest. encounter is that a a rogue steals one d four of gold from you in the tavern, and then by the end of it, they were like, "We're gonna sail across the continent to help this <laughs> person we met at the tavern."
2: <laughs> like in uh, Dungeons the Daddies when they meet Peyton. You
1: uh, yeah, you're probably right. just
2: just meant to be like a one-off NPC, like didn't no one cared about, and then it turns into like the most plot pivotal character in the whole show
1: way to spoil that for anyone who hasn't seen Dungeons and
2: Daddies. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't. It's well actually me. I, I listened to the
5: first episode
0: now. and at the time that I listened to it it was just not what I was looking for in a D&D podcast. I'm intrigued to go back though since Josh has been talking so highly of it.
1: But it. So yeah, I, I, I've been really enjoying it. What I especially like about it is how loose they are with the rule book. Like I feel Sorry. like I am I am fairly loose with the rule book, and so it feels like affirming <laughs> to listen sure. to a podcast <laughs> where the DM <laughs> is also loose with the rules and focuses more on like, can we tell a good story and are the players having a good time? So there you go. Um nice. and yes, chat, I can name a character Zorp. No problem at all with naming it's a character Zorp. 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 The head
2: of Zorp Corp.
1: Let's go. <laughs> Zorp and Mawage, these are good names.
2: They are good names. Mm -hmm.
0: Mawage.
1: True! That was
0: very enthusiastic.
1: Uh, I think we might need to make a true emote. That's just like T-R-U-U-U-U and they like get bigger and smaller to try and true. (laughs)
0: I I talked to MC Pro. I talked to MC Pro after the stream uh, yesterday about the possibility of a Jake Frick shirt and he all he wanted on it was just something akin like maybe a cartoon version of the Jake rage emote with just frick in like all caps <laughs> above it. So but I figured like, that
1: w- in in like super bubbly like font. graffiti looking font
0: <laughs> that'd be
3: fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm here for but it. Yeah. I'll make that happen. Nice. I'll make that happen. <laughs>
3: You could do it like artsy too, like abstract. So it's like you just have like your face made out of like maybe six colors, and it's just like shadows and stuff. And just
0: there you like, go. Drick! That'd be cool. I mean, that's I mean, that's basically Mrs. Pugs. You know, like yeah. if, it, if we're take any of our any of our artistic uh, really? advice on that. But Goop also, I trust her. Are you bringing Goop well. into this? Goop, Goop,
1: Goop like the I... candle. Let's let's not go. <laughs> Oh, Ari says she'll make the true emote. Goop,
4: like the yeah, Paltrow company.
1: Bro. What was that, Wash?
4: Goop, like the Gwyneth Paltrow company?
1: Yeah. That's oh. what I was asking. Yeah, we should maybe not discuss uh, no. Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> <on here>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> controversial figure, Gwyneth hey, Paltrow. Why Why is she controversial?
1: Because of Goop. Let's not. Let's yeah. not. End of conversation.
5: <laughs> end of conversation, yeah. You can so figure funny it out. story
1: about Wing Badger Gaming. Uh, it turns out that when this when this character when this character I just read Ari's chat and was like, when this character started, it's a channel. When this channel started, it was called Wing Badger Tavern, mm. and I made it because when I was doing session prep for my long form D and D campaign, I was like, wow, I kind of want something that's like I set aside time in my week to do this, and it also was like maybe I can like prep with other DMs and like you know like bounce ideas off the chat and stuff. And so I made Wing Badger Tavern and didn't take it very seriously for like a real long time. And, um, I was just sort of doing my thing. And every now and then someone popped in, Jiggy T, the OG, first follower of the channel, love Jiggy (laughs) T, um, dropped a mixtape. It was pretty cool. We actually, uh, anyway, it's not important. I'm getting distracted from my distraction. Uh, (laughs) So I then, I then stopped for a while because we stopped playing D and D when there was, when there was a pandemic. And then in January this year, me and Jake and Matt were like, what if we did a Twitch channel? And Jake was like, but I don't like Tavern. It's not like all kinds of games. So we changed it to Wing Badger Gaming. That's exactly how we said it too. Same tone. Oh, remember, the totally. Same inflection. Oh, yeah. So we changed yeah. it to Wing like Badger Gaming. It happened gaming. over
0: text or in Discord or yeah. anything. Like, so we yeah. changed it to
1: Wing Badger Gaming so that it would be inclusive of all kinds of games. You know, all kinds of games meaning Halo and D&D because that's all kinds of games. Well, we also, we yeah. also played a bunch Wars of It is both sides of yeah. the spectrum. Yeah. So we we made it inclusive. And now here we are uh, calling a stream Tavern Talk. So it's basically Wing Badger Tavern again. I think that's fun. I think it's fun,
0: too, because like I was, and I feel like I've said, I've definitely said this to Josh and Matt before. I I don't know if I've said it on stream. But I feel like focusing in on, like, Halo slash first-person shooters and tabletop really, like, distills what, we what Josh and Matt and I enjoy about gaming down pretty well and so it's like to have kind of that focus of being like this is what we do I think that's really fun and it kind of once again comes full circle we it need, also- we need-
3: <laughs> is this just the theme of the night
4: <laughs> I agree
1: it also gives us an excuse to collab regularly with Wash Burnello, which you I, go. I'm very happy about we
2: love Wash
0: we need to do a T-Sav. We need to do some t sav Halo Infinite streams when when he doesn't have Infinite. I know when it comes out, like when, or maybe next flight. But yeah, that'd be fun. Wash so
1: almost didn't didn't do this campaign. I was nervous that that we weren't gonna we weren't gonna get to play with Wash, and I was like, well, I guess I'll just. I'll just throw myself off a bridge. No, it wasn't like that. But we'll
2: just play D and D with with us losers, you know. Yeah,
1: and I mean, you can't. Can you imagine making this same campaign without Jebediah? Like, it's only been one session, and he's already like, like central to the the hearts of our
2: viewers. I, can't right or Wash Brunello's, he would. I
3: personally love Jebediah's backstory. Like, I, I oh, feel it's like it's the most back. solid like, and it's just, it just, he's got a good character going on over there. This clip will be
0: playing back in black and white and with sad music over it when Josh kills off Jebediah, so <laughs> really,
1: really cool. In the next <laughs> session yeah. In the next <laughs> session I'm, I've actually, I've actually dies, tried to pull right. off my
4: characters in the past What? How's yeah, it only, only when appropriate yeah, when um, it so up, yeah One of them ended up I, I played a, a, a Descent into Avernus campaign last year which was pretty cool and uh, and I played a human cleric life cleric named father father Klaus and he was just this old white-haired human guy um, but I, it was it was kind of funny it was kind of memey. because it's like I was I kind of messed up his build and it just wasn't working out as well as I'd like but I liked him and everybody liked him and whatnot so I kept, like, making him super risky and th- having him, like, throw himself in danger to, like, for that, I'm gonna save the party and he's gonna, like, sacrifice himself. And they would all- the party would just, like, dogpile on top of him and save him every single time. And he'd be like, Ah, you fools! And he's, like, gonna fall off the bridge and then f- the barbarian rolls really high or whatever, grabs his hand and pulls him up and he's like, No, I'm like, No, I want to play a different character! Let me die! <laughs>
3: nice.
0: Well, granted, he says, granted, I'm just, I'm Mental.
1: just making, making a list of my, my new NPCs.
3: Nice. I, I, I gotta say, if we have Jiggy T, we need to put out like a calling card, like Batman signal <laughs> <Leave> <laughs> Jiggy T back. All right. Jiggy I think Jiggy when wherever we changed you the are. channel
1: name. He didn't realize. And like, ha- he hasn't been, cause it's like, as soon oh, yeah. as we changed it, he hasn't been to a stream since we changed it. I'm like, ah, oh, no. Maybe no. he,
0: maybe he actively hated Warzone, so when he saw that's what we started streaming, it was just like a maybe. Yeah.
3: Maybe that was a deal breaker. Maybe yeah. he like act. He's an activist against Warzone. Like he's constantly at their headquarters. And with you know signs
0: what? He with was proven
3: exactly right. Like that is the right side
0: of history. <laughs> <laughs> he suspected before anyone else did, and he was so right. <laughs> Go, Jiggy time.
3: Yeah, Jiggy T. <laughs> I'm going to make him a D.
1: De- he's going to be part of the Pantheon. Yes.
3: <laughs> I'm just saying, we need to like constantly reference Jiggy T. One of these days, one of these days, Jiggy T will hear his name called. <laughs> They'd be like, "What? what is that? Who are these people? And he's like, yeah, we selling him. Yeah.
4: Okay. So here's what you guys need to do. Yeah. You need to make in your, in your lineup of merch, your shirts need to be referred to as Jiggy T's.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh. you're right. You're right. They yeah. do jiggy T's.
0: These, these are our jiggy
1: T's.
3: can we put like in small text on every shirt like jiggy T? if you're out there <laughs>
1: it's actually the, all of the shirts are just an excuse to try and get the message further and further out like come back jiggy, <laughs> jiggy, <T." So, laughs>
0: jiggy, jiggy tee hashtag find jiggy tee <laughs> <like> find <we're> <laughs> jiggy <T>. You know, That's the
1: new main plot of the campaign is finding Jiggy T. Kind to find Jiggy yeah. T.
0: So good.
2: You know he's if, the progenitor of magic enough of or the right the person way? sees that like sort of clip or, or TikTok video, you know the internet would just get behind that just for the meme.
1: That's true. Good. We're just trying to find our first follower. He still follows. I I have a tool that tells me the name of everyone who follows, so that I can verify people who join our Discord, just like you should. And um, when when I look at it, his name is still there, right at the top, very top, first line, first name.
2: Can you can you whisper to him?
1: Uh, you know what? I probably could through Twitch, but I feel like that ruins the no that no. The mystery. <laughs>
3: We have That's to. We have to find him without whispering to him.
1: Yeah. Right? We we don't whisper. We shout.
3: <laughs> we shout
1: <laughs>
3: with merch.
0: <laughs> yes, that is how you do it.
3: Jgt, come back.
0: Calling Jgt to the principal's office.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how I'm up do you guys on stay
4: on um on like the D and D source books and expansion books and stuff like that?
2: Relatively, but not a crazy amount. One of my friends is more up to date, and I'll talk to him about stuff like whether, well, like, what's in a book, because he has like the full D and D Beyond uh, like s- subscription, and so yeah. he gets all the all mm-hmm. stuff So I'll talk to him like, "Is this worth getting?" And like everything, dude. I, I uh... totally
3: know everything off the top <laughs> of my head. I've never doubted that in one second. Um, you know, player's handbook
0: i used to when i was in high school a lot more because my best friend in high school and who has dm'd most of the campaigns i've been a part of he kept super up to date with it and would talk to me all the time about all of the you know new source books all of the oh they revised the ranger and here's how this works now and like you know all the stuff so I haven't kept up super up-to-date recently. I have kept more up-to-date with things like Magic the Gathering and other stuff Mm. recently. But, yeah. I
1: I spend all my sourcebook money on dice. (laughs) So, I I have the three core sourcebooks, but I'm totally open to using material from the others. I just, like when people tell me what they want to use, I go research just that aspect of the book and make sure it's not game-breaking, but generally it's not because it's released content. Um, And then I make sure that they... Like, I'm a big advocate for the players managing their stuff. Like, there's nothing more obnoxious than a player being like, I do this thing, and then the DM interrupts their moment to go, do you have enough spell slots for that? Like... You know, I I would rather let the players manage their material, which frees them to like, hey, you can use stuff that's not in source books I've read. I just have to trust you to use it well. And if you abuse it, I'll drop rocks on you and kill you. So, like, you know, it's a symbiotic relationship where everyone benefits. Um, and that's that's fine. Because at the end of the day, I, I am their god for the two to three hours that we're in session. And you know what? Sometimes God smites people. And, you know,
3: it's just part of it hmm. guys do you think this is going to josh's head (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but also it
4: takes a special somebody to not be a megalomaniacal dm
2: (laughs) true
0: does wash have a does wash have a follow-up to his ask his question of of how up-to-date we keep with the the D stuff
4: well, so, I mean, I was just curious, really, like, and I wasn't necessarily saying, like, hey, what's your book collection look like or anything like
0: that? Um, I do have a couple books to I... show because I'm excited to show them. But oh, after... Do tell me. Oh, okay. So I found D&D by when my family was moving from South Dakota to Nebraska. We were cleaning out our attic in our house in South Dakota, and I found my dad's Advanced Dungeons and Dragons handbooks from the 80s wow. and wow. The, he had the hardcover um first edition ad and d but second printing hardcovers so That's it was after cool. after tsr hired professional artists basically their first hardcover printing of these books was done by like dudes who had like just graduated high school and like to draw <laughs> um and so when tsr got We've bigger, all he, weird beholder yeah exactly <laughs> um so, they um, these are. I kept these two. My brother back home uh, has the other hardcover books and also a lot of um, the dungeon modules that he had. Um, but I really wanted to like these. The, the art on these two books was like ah, just such good memories. So that's how I got into D and D. The first couple, the first three campaigns I played was in AD and D um, with these books, and then. I also have the D&D Art and Arcana um, book, which is a history of D&D art and also the development of D&D in this book that was published like two or three years ago. Um, and it is like the coolest book art book I've like ever read. It's like so interesting. It's separated each each chapter is an edition of, of D&D. Starting with basic edition, like the original, like not even starting with basic edition, starting with the precursor to basic edition, which was just modified Chainmail, And then Mm -hmm. the next chapter is basic edition, then AD&D, then AD&D second edition, then third edition, then 3.5, then fourth edition, then fifth edition but it's super cool. I think they product- went from 3.5 to 5.
1: I was just about to say, I think it's a weird numbering convention that they went 3, 3.55 5 and just skipped over 4.
0: I would, you know what's funny is I would mostly like agree videos. with you except for the fact that I did play, <laughs> I did play a short like series of one shots in fourth edition when it came out because it was like, it came out when I was like, uh, like in junior high. And so like I, me and my friend Loudon were just like, ah, new edition of D&D, this thing we've been playing the old version of. And then we like tried it and we were like, huh, I don't know why this is less fun. And then we went back to playing <laughs> first, first edition. Um, but they just
1: yeah. they just um announced earlier this month that in 2024 we're getting D&D 5.5. Oh,
4: really? Nice. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I was kind of circling around to is mm-hmm. I don't think they did they officially say it was going to be 5.5 or is it They didn't it, say it was 5.5. It's 5. a 5. new something.
1: They were really, so It's either
4: five five or six e.
1: They were really intentional about never saying the words "new edition," which is why I'm calling it five point yeah. five. They said like the next yeah. thing for D and D or the you know the new um, the new material, um, and there it includes remakes of course source books. They've said so it's like a new player's handbook mm-hmm. and whatever. Okay. But if they're doing that and it's not a new edition, like they've said, it'll be backwards compatible. Basically, like you can That's retrofit strange. all this new content. Into 5e, so that to me sounds that like 5. sounds like 5.5 to me too. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. They
4: also announced a uh, an expansion box set. Um, did you see anything on that? It's, no, it's I got don't know. Uh, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like three books, and it's got a DM screen, and it's like in a box. So it's got Tasha's Cauldron. It's got Xanathar's Guide to Everything, and mm-hmm. then it's got a new monster manual called Morden Mordenkainen's oh. Guide to the Monsters of the Multiverse, or something like that. Yeah, um, right. I looked into it a little bit, and it looks like it's a mashing of Volos and Mordenkainen's together. Oh, cool! So essentially, a Monster Manual expansion, a Player's Handbook expansion, and a DMG expansion. That's
0: cool. Nice. Um,
4: so if they're like, if they're combining stuff, that kind of that kind of feels very 5.5e e as well. Yeah. yeah, that's just my speculations.
1: Do you think they'll give back point buy <laughs> like for the skills?
0: <laughs> um, I don't know. I still know DMs who kind of modify 5e to do that anyway, in a I, weird way.
1: I actually think in general, uh, 5th edition's system makes way more sense than point by, but mm-hmm. your characters get a lot less opportunity to be unique and specialized. Agreed. I also, um,
2: I also think so, that in 3.5 they had like just a lot of skills to choose from, and so you sort of either had to be very selective and min-maxy with it in 3.5, or you sort of like jack of all trades and didn't really do anything whereas in five it's just like you sort of get all these bonuses without any really sacrifice or or a chance to to decide for yourself or you play the rogue mm-hmm. and you're a
3: skill monkey yeah <laughs> so it
4: sounds like because because i'm not as familiar with uh, 3.5 and how that even all mm. worked but it, it sounds like um it's less like like You have less opportunity to to min-max, but you also have less opportunity to make a broken, bad character. Like a useless character.
1: Yes, that's true. In 3.5, when you level up, um, your class has a dominant skill. So like for the rogue, it's dex and for the bard, it's charisma. And when you level up, you get something related to that modifier. So like at level one... It's I think it's like a D8 plus, you know, like each class has a, a die. So the rogue gets like a D8 plus their dex mod and the wizard gets like a D4 plus their intelligence mod because mostly they have um, spells. They don't need skills. And then you can spend those on any of the it's like 30 skills and you can spend those points anywhere up to like there's a cap for each level. So yep. um, you can you can spend your points getting better at stuff, which leads to like there's always the joke. Oh, I killed a dragon and got better at basket weaving but it also because the skills were so specialized it meant that your character couldn't be good at everything so like you could have a party of four rogues and it could still be a balanced game because they didn't have overlapping skill abilities you know one of them could be charisma based and focus on intimidation and persuasion um and you know another one could be dex based and then you could have a wisdom based character who focused on like spot spot and listen or separate so you have spot mm-hmm. listen you have hide and you have sneak so those are those are also two different skills so like it gives you a lot more customization over who your character is which yep. in 5th edition they try to do with archetypes but what they really did with archetypes in my opinion is just give everybody magic so i don't know i don't know how i feel about archetypes cool. versus that customization aspect but i i do like that in 5th edition it doesn't take an hour and a half to level up <laughs> your character totally uh, true because <laughs> it's yeah ages in third edition <laughs>
2: also in, sorry go ahead also in three five you got a feat every other level
1: oh yeah
2: um and then feats were like like they weren't as big so they were much like sort of separated in terms of the abilities gotten but one thing i did like where there were feet skill trees basically in that you would have like um sniper one and then sniper two and the prerequisite for sniper two was that you had sniper one and so it's sort of led to this sort of, um, like you're anticipating a build basically, and you like choose your feats ahead of time. It's like, oh, I'm going to- You were this. very
3: specialized in 3.5. Yeah. yeah,
0: the beauty of 3.5, in my opinion, which ca- I think Pathfinder carries on perfectly, is the just the depth and like the amount, like how much care and time you can put into a character that mechanically shows in the game. Like in, in 5e, you can put a lot of care and time of a char- into a character, and it'll show in your role playing and it'll show in the way that it like reflects outwardly like in the way the campaign story plays if you have a good DM. But like in 3-5, if you put that care and time into actually building your character, by the time you're high level, it's not just that you're generally powerful, it's just that you can be insane at specific things that really, really make sense for your character, which I think is really cool.
3: Mm-hmm. Um for an example. Oh, go ahead.
1: I was just gonna extend what Jake said too. It it creates the legend of your character as they reach legendary level so like they talk about you know there's mid level and high level and epic level characters and ideally as you're growing your notoriety in the world grows as well but whereas in 5th edition it seems like as you grow you become notorious for your class like wow what a talented wizard that person is versus in 3.5 like you get notorious for your actual achievements like Batman is the world's best lockpick or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is that you do. And so it creates a much better role-playing opportunity. Like, you know, when the, when the world's best pickpocket kicks open the door to a tavern, all the conversation stops because everyone's like suddenly checking their wallets. They've all heard of that guy mm-hmm. and, you know, stuff like that. So anyway.
3: Uh, I was gonna say for an example, um, on another campaign I was doing, which I think uh, for like my own personal, right? Uh, which I think is—they're tr- not allowed to, to have personal on.
0: campaigns. Actually, um, you can only play with us. It was in the contract. So.
3: I know. I never mentioned <laughs> it, um, but uh, I, I created a character, and I—I I admittedly I went—I went, you know, to the wall of, over it. So um, they gave us an allowance, right? And we were allowed to use source material, different source material, and get magic items as long as it was covered in the allowance. And we were like level 12 or something it was we were up there so we had a decent amount of allowance so i'm like okay okay i'm gonna go rogue Uh uh-huh i'm gonna put everything into hide and everything into sneak they're gonna be a hidey sneak and you know there's a limit to how much you can put points into things because of your certain level so i can only put so many so i started spreading them out but now i'm like magical items hmm goes online finds wikipedia searches by stealth and modifiers and whatnot like "Mm, yes okay this is within my budget yes (laughs) um so next thing you know i have like a ring a cloak uh a staff and like a hat and my hide stat is a modifier of plus 55 whatever (laughs) i roll so i'm like yeah Man, I only rolled a five, so I guess my height is sixty. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, this is absurd. Which um,
0: three point five does account for at higher levels where it's like, oh, I have to roll a thirty to get that, like with my modifier. Like it does kind of account for that in a way, but yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: And also AM, the, and AM, uh... looked for many opportunities to deny me my high rolls i'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs>
1: you, you reminded me of a great hide story from 3.5 if if everyone's okay with me telling 3.5 it. story, stories a little off topic not allowed not allowed um, but one of the first campaigns i ever played in um so i'm i'm a player because i don't know how the game works very well and i'm with experienced players who are like oh yes bring the new blood in whatever and so they're you know they're a little bit like showing it's off like, oh. and the, the dm is giving them you know little situations to try and hook me on dnd And the rogue of the party, we're we're outside this castle and the castle is under siege and we are part of an army. So rather than being like the heroes who lead the battle or whatever, we are supposed to help sabotage the siege as part of like a wider operation. So we have one cannon emplacement and our job is to disable that cannon emplacement. And the rogue who is uh, level 15 or 16 goes up to the cannon emplacement and is like, watch this. And he sneak attacks the captain And kills him and then crouches down behind the captain as his body falls. And because the captain is falling and he has partial concealment, he rolls a hide check. And (laughs) the rest of the crew do not find him because he hides so well behind the captain's falling body. And then he sneak attacks the next one because he has multiple attacks because he's level 15. So he sneak attacks the next one, kills him and hides behind his body and at this point I'm like wow that was funny but he's probably done he's not done because (laughs) then instead of sneak attacking the rest of the like guys and trying to kill it's you know like 10 or 11 people for a, a siege cannon crew um instead of attacking everyone one at a time he sneak attacks the powder and blows up the powder with his um with his like tinder flint and tinder just like strikes it and blows up the powder and then rolls the equivalent of acrobatics to like fly away from the explosion and roll to safety. And so he single-handedly in like one encounter kill or in one like turn kills this entire cannon crew without being detected once because that's the kind of stuff you can do when your hide is that good.
4: That's some pretty high level high level stuff. Kind of yeah, i was upset holes.
3: i was upset that i did not have the ranger feat which is hide in plain sight if i had that was the one thing i was missing for that character if i had that dm would be done with me because <laughs> like, then and that's why rangers, it's reserved for rangers there's no excuse right there's
0: no it's got a multi-class into ranger later hey yeah. in everyone's
1: opinion is ranger in fifth edition a viable class because it has a reputation in all of the other editions for being kind of useless <laughs>
0: It uh, was at first. Um, I think yeah. the new version uh, is better. Just That's
1: fixed big, it. Yeah. <laughs> so the go. new version fixed it or broke it again. Fixed it. Not Tasha's,
4: okay, Tasha's fixed it. It's yep. good and Tasha's.
1: What, yep. what did they do in Tasha's that fixed it? Evan I don't recall. It's, it's been a while. Well, I like. I,
0: it gave the generalized ranger, like the sharpshooter type of archetype of ranger a lot more initiative bonuses like initiative based bonuses so like your whole thing is like you attack early and often which i think is really helpful um it also gave the the oh. other oh what
2: um so another thing is like current rain or vanilla ranger it was sort of specific in that you had to be in your favorite terrain fighting against your favorite yes enemy. yeah. it was
0: very situational um, there- versus yeah then there's Asha. also like a beastmaster kind of ranger class now that like focuses a lot more on you have a help from, uh, oh, he's about to pull out the, re- wait, is this,
1: not this the re- guy flexing on his, that's on that's his, his hardcover others. books?
0: Let me just slap my, uh, my head, my headphone cord. Is. So I can't talk. Let me just do that. <laughs> that <funeral art. laughs>
2: um, but, uh, Tasha's and not just ranger, but their optional class features so you can replace the the vanilla class features with these optional ones. And, mm-hmm.
4: They're really good. Makes... Like where wizards can swap out cantrips every like level up. Oh Because um, cool. you know you get locked into cantrips at lower levels, and at the higher levels you're like, well, you know, I took mending, and I have yet to use it, mm, or whatever. I see. Yeah. It lets you swap them out.
2: So um.
4: I think, I think clerics can swap out cantrips like like one cantrip per long rest dang
1: that's pretty yeah. cool
0: So oh no, yeah you're right I played can do that. yeah I played a campaign where we use that mechanic yeah I've done that before
1: I understood that reference
0: <laughs> it took me a minute but then I remembered I played um, Curse of Strahd with a group of people over discord over like when COVID was really oh. bad and we did that Okay, so Crystal Strad
4: is on my list of of games to run.
0: It's super I fun. Play in it. It's very fun. It's it's like a and as someone who has because we played uh A D and I have played the original Ravenloft, it respects mm. the legacy and the tone of that so 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 well.
3: Yeah. Nod my head. I I I too understand everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ravenloft right. is a
0: classic, a classic gothic horror D anD D module. It's very fun. Oh, yes.
3: There you nice. go. Okay.
1: I should just rename I've this stream. Used, this is. Cover a, flexes.
0: There you go.
4: <laughs> so I didn't buy this one. My friend bought this one for me. This is like the special edition cover, but this is Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not Curse of Strahd. I have Curse of Strahd too. But this one goes into the Shadowfell and the Domains of Dread. It's for like doing Gothic Horror and, and other yeah. kinds of nice.
0: Also That's Van Richten, bad. best best NPC in in Curse of Strahd, my my opinion. Anyway.
2: So level one. Trevor, tell
4: us all about that new ranger.
2: Yes. Yeah. So in Tasha's you get depth oh. explorer, which replaces natural explorer. Your natural explorer is your favorite terrain. So <laughs> What Favorite Terrain gets you is when you make an Int or Wisdom check related to your Favorite Terrain, your proficiency bonus is doubled if you're using a skill that you're proficient in. While traveling for an hour or more in your Favorite Terrain, you gain following benefits. Benefits. Difficult Terrain doesn't slow your group's travel, your group can't become lost except by magical means, even when you are engaged in another activity while traveling. You remain alert to danger if you're traveling alone you can move stealthily at normal pace when you board you find twice as much food. while tracking other creatures you also learn their exact number sizes how long and you choose an additional favorite terrain at six and ten cool so that's the, the vanilla feature so very specific feature. situational like you have to be in that terrain to get any of those benefits if you're in a dungeon none of that helps you unless i guess dungeon is your terrain
1: dungeon is my terrain (laughs) dragons are my favorite enemy
4: (laughs) what's the uh uh, what's the ranger spell that you get hunter's mark yes Um, i know in uh in in tasha's you just get that as like an ability like it's not a spell anymore yeah you can just hunters mark somebody yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, which is really nice. It makes it man, it's it's way more, dangerous. way
0: more useful. Yeah, and and when it's an yeah. ability, you can just transfer it whenever you want to a different enemy. Like, yeah, it makes it way, way more like a bonus, bonus action, action ability. Or something like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
2: So Deft explorer gives you the canny benefit. Canny, choose one of your skill proficiency. Your proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check that you make that uses the chosen skill. You can also speak, read, and write two additional languages of your choice. That's first level. And then you get two more abilities, or you get an ability at six and an ability at ten. Your six is your walking speed increases by five. Mm -hmm. You gain climbing and swimming speed equal to your walking speed. I don't think that comes up as much, but you know, extra five feet of movement is important. Yeah,
0: and it still like plays into the idea of like rangers are adaptable and rangers are able to move across a battlefield or in the wilderness quickly.
2: Yeah. Then tenth level, as an action, you can give yourself a number of temporary hit points equal to one D8 plus your wisdom modifier. You can use this action number times equal to your proficiency bonus, and you regain all expended uses after a long rest. Yep.
0: Oh, it makes yeah, it so that really if, your, just if your party doesn't have a bullet sponge, your ranger can okay. kind of become that in a way. Yeah,
4: yeah. It's almost but, like the fighter's second wind.
2: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Although one d8 yeah. plus your wisdom mod isn't terribly a lot, but it still helps. And, yeah, uh, definitely. Bullet helps.
3: sponge light for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> diet, diet bullet sponge. <laughs>
2: then, <Yeah>. then also <laughs> at level <laughs> one, bullets. instead of your favorite enemy, you have favored foe. Mm-hmm. So, vanilla feature, favorite enemy. You have significant experience. Blah, blah, blah. Um, you choose your favorite enemy. You have advantage on survival checks to track them, as well as int checks to recall information about them. You've also learned one language of your choice that is spoken by your favorite enemy. And then you can choose an additional favorite enemy at 6 and 14. So, okay. you. Not not a great ability. Like, help, kind of helpful if the whole campaign is centered around. Yeah. You tracking once again, something. very specific.
4: Dragons yeah. or goblinoids. Goblinoids yeah. is a popular one.
2: Yeah. So then, in favorite so- foe from Tasha's is when you hit a creature with an attack roll, you can call on your mystical bond with nature to mark the target as your favorite enemy for one minute until you lose concentration. So the first time mm. on each of your turns that you hit the favorite enemy and deal damage to it, including when you mark it increase the damage by a d4 yep you can That's use cool. this okay. feature to mark a favorite enemy a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus and you regain all expended uses after a long rest the damage increases when you reach certain levels 1d6 at 6 1d8 yep. at 14 the
0: 1d6 at 6 i played uh, a mid-level ranger with the tasha's modified version um in a different campaign and like it it's it's a huge like it makes you suddenly feel like your ranger's deadly like you're like oh yeah yeah like yeah
1: that's cool yeah. Th- and the also one. Like,
4: in theme with the other stuff is that it, it really makes it it future proofs your character like a lot of the the problems that they've been fixing like with the cantrips getting locked into a cantrip with a campaign or getting locked into a favorite terrain or favorite foe or something like that. Yep. and and end you know like my favorite terrain is the mountains and you're in the woods. All- a yeah. whole campaign or whatever. Yep. So, so it's yeah. Tasha's has some really, really good stuff. The yeah, every class stuff is really has cool some too.
3: Fun, fun My favorite terrain, has is terrain is cavern. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's where we you are. Right, now.
3: right? You fall
4: into a portal and you are now in the plane of air. Oh. Whoa. <laughs>
2: So it just makes ranger for takes ranger from this like hyper specific situational character to like okay your abilities are much more adaptable and utilizable in more situations.
0: But still different than fighter, which yeah. you know yeah, yes.
2: Fighters are good though.
0: Fighters are good. I what I always liked about well not what I liked it's interesting to me that rangers started off as a subclass of fighter and I don't remember how long they stayed that way. I think, I know they definitely were in first edition because they were a Unearthed Arcana edition but it was a subclass. Mm. I don't, I I would be interested to see whether how that would affect Ranger if they were a subclass now, like whether whether I. it's entirely a theoretical and it might be something that I try to homebrew but that would be interesting, anyway. Yeah.
2: True?
1: (laughs) Nice. Matt hitting him with the true true.
2: True. You could Leo, be a true true Leo, train.
1: True, true. He is a true true <laughs> train because he likes trains. So he's he is a true true
3: chest. Indeed. Like it says on if his. If I hand. am true, does that make me the train?
0: <laughs> getting philosophical here on tavern talk.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know if that is philosophical, <laughs> <think it's> just <laughs> yeah. Matt being matt
4: (laughs) it is the only thing i can think of right now is that video of the intro to skyrim where they swap out the dragons model with thomas the tank and
5: and every time it roars
4: it's just like (laughs) that's great
1: i haven't seen this it's really funny funny. Put that. Josh, put that you in. are
4: one of today's lucky ten thousand.
1: Yeah, put, <laughs> that in, uh, put that in in memes in the Aww. Discord. I'll watch that when we're done streaming. Yeah, That's I a classic. That.
3: Uh, what was that? K uh, X X. Uh, what is that? XKCD. Is that what you're yeah. trying to say? Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> I do like XKCD. Yes. yes.
0: It's been a long time since I read XKCD. I read the guy who makes XKCD's book. Um, it was like, what was it called? Was it called What If? I think it was just called What If it was like a bunch of theoretical situations I the <laughs> yeah i know uh where like he like it was like what if you you made a mole as in the measurement of mass a mole of moles what would happen like oh, okay. those sorts of things where he's also is a scientist like he yeah. used to work at nasa so he like answered these like mostly like physics based questions because he was a physicist um, but he would do these fun illustrations in the art style of XKCD to like help illustrate the points of the things, and it was a really good book. Anyway, that's cool. Yeah, Odor, um, I know he
4: did those. He did those on like his his website or like his blog or something for a long I time. But he compiled yeah, all of I those. Think into it was a book.
0: compilation with uh, some original ones that were only in the book. But yeah, that makes sense. That's cool that he made a book on it.
1: one of the artists for corridor digital named ren does some really Ah. cool visualizations of like high level topics love that guy you know like how big is a million gallons of water and stuff like that Mm -hmm. that that are really interesting um it's a series called vfx artist explains Um, yeah that's kind of what you're making me think of and he just did one funny (laughs) oh
0: i mean the the whole point of xkcd is that it's like got this dry sense of humor that like is you know it's Yeah. yeah it's funny
3: uh, what was it? I was gonna say, Ren just put out a new one about solar power. That's a that's a good one. To oh, know, I seen I've that seen one. that one.
1: I'll, I'll go check that one out.
0: My
3: uncle actually sells work and work installs solar
1: panels. I actually work at anything. my job during the day, Matt. So when people put out new videos, like I don't get to watch them right away. <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I like got savage job. really quickly. That was just <laughs> like, dang. I
1: work. What's so funny great. is
0: Josh is also self-employed and makes his own schedule, so theoretically, he <laughs> maybe doesn't work at his job during the day. So,
1: <laughs> no, I do, I do. Especially that's right now. All on
0: you
2: though.
1: You For, yeah. Busy Josh. Yeah,
2: busy season.
1: No, I'm busy because I'm not busy. Like right now, it's all cold calls and outreach. And stuff. that's the that's the worst part of being yeah. self-employed is like when you're in between business and you're trying to drum it up because it's all unpaid work. It's not like I'm hourly for myself. It's like, yeah, well, if yeah. there's no money coming in, I'm not paying me. So they're, yep. they're just like extra long days. Like right now, I, I reach out to about 100, 150 prospective clients each week. Um, yep. And that's just a lot to do. And each email is unique. I don't like copy and paste or each phone call is unique because yep. I, I'm i trying to sculpt the pitch to the potential client.
2: Still so. the best way, that gives you the best chance. It gives For me sure. the best
1: odds and the least sleep. Yeah. Who needs but hey, I get to hang out with you guys. I get to play yeah. Halo Infinite and and you know, play D D. D, yeah. Plan your demise I mean, uh the next section of our story Excuse that we're me? they're going through here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, something in my throat there. It was uh, <laughs> D- so As sir- long as Jebediah
2: I doesn't it. die. Nothing else matters. Jebediah doesn't die.
1: <laughs> yeah, <Jebediah laughs> Zoth, doesn't die. If Zoth dies, he's just gonna get to Jebediah. heaven and be like, "Yeah, dude, you want to vibe? Like,
2: <laughs> <Yep>. you won't <laughs> even care." There you go. Is there an afterlife? In this I
1: movie? don't know. Without Bob magic, Cole, are you gonna be able to make it? Out there. <laughs> he's gonna
2: be vibing. That's
3: be vibing. all we know. Yeah. The afterlife. Be in my grave. The, the afterlife.
0: <laughs> I love that. Dude. People are gonna like that. He's gonna be that guy where it's like, "Do you believe in an afterlife? Nah, man. Yeah. The after vibe, man. <laughs> like-
3: <laughs> or, or it's just like, yo, man, you enjoy the vibe. You should come over to my place for the after vibe. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. It's just nice. another vibe. Get re- oh,
1: <laughs>
0: change petition to change the after party voice channel in the Discord to the after vibe.
1: The after vibe. Uh, yeah, granted. Go ahead. That's fine. I'm here okay. for it.
0: I can't do it because I'm not, uh, not, I don't have that power. I got it. Actually, Trevor has the power. I do have that power. I'm doing it right now.
1: I don't know. Trevor's the mod. Don't don't undercut his authority like that. Don't Don't poop all over his authority like that.
0: I just pooped on it. I pooped (laughs) on it right in front
1: of you. Get spooped. I'm getting spooped right now. It it is almost Halloween. That's
3: true. Maybe it's, I need oh, to get spooky it's season. Halloween.
1: Maybe I need to plan some extra spooky stuff for Halloween,
3: like for the D&D campaign. Are we doing our our spooky stream idea?
1: Oh, you know what? We have Poopy, talked about scary skeletons. Idea.
3: I don't know, man. Poopy, scary
1: skeletons send <laughs> shivers <laughs> down your spine. Watch his dying you over there. You got here. me on that one, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> this is good one. I like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: As long as I make one person laugh, it was all worth
3: it. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel about jokes, too. It's the simple ones that get you the best. Yep. There's a great
1: Calvin and Hobbes where it's just three squares, but the first one is him being chucked out of the front door of his house. And he turns around and he yells back at the house in the second panel. And he goes, "I I say if a novelty Christmas joke is funny the first time, it's funny every time." <laughs> and then in the last one, his mom yells back out the door, "It's June!" and she slams the door. <laughs>
0: <to> <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes is so good. I have I have a oh, Calvin man. and Hobbes collection my in my childhood. bookshelf
2: right now, and yeah,
0: good good stuff. Yeah, I've
2: seen some funny theories of just like. Like uh, the holiday season is slowly getting earlier and earlier, and like Halloween is the last defense to stopping like <laughs> the Halloween or the, the the holiday season from starting in like August or something.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's Rip fair. Thanksgiving,
3: true. <laughs> it's that true. holiday that's just in between. Uh, we don't. Who cares about it?
2: Thanksgiving. <laughs> you mean, what's that? All I you know, know. is day Black before Friday sale
1: day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: you mean Prime Day? Dude, <laughs> I remember <laughs> my my family. Even
0: my family like specifically talked about like at one point like ah man we got to really celebrate and focus on thanksgiving on thanksgiving no shopping on thanksgiving like we really like we need to keep the like the thankfulness and not give in to like the black friday mindset on thanksgiving and then the xbox one with (laughs) Halo the master chief collection went on sale for like 250 or 300 dollars on thanksgiving and my dad immediately switched mindsets like he was just like okay (laughs) we're planning our day around me getting the xbox one with halo the master chief (laughs) i love that
1: it's your dad that made that call yeah it was my dad you or one of your siblings it was
0: and you know my dad you know that like if he's passionate about a thing like it's it's gonna happen so yeah yeah, that was what happened (laughs) that sounds
4: like a cool guy
0: yeah
1: he's a cool guy is a cool guy
4: Hey, Josh, I got a question for you. I got hey, a and d question for you.
1: All right, hit me with it.
4: So we're talking about holidays um, and, and celebrations and stuff, and either spoopy or eating uh, turkey and stuff. What's the <laughs> next holiday coming up in our D&D campaign, like in the world?
1: Mm. What's the uh, What's the
4: next holiday coming
1: up? That's an interesting question. the The holidays are cultural, so it depends on where you guys go when you leave here. So right now, let me maybe I can pull up the map really quick and and um we can have talk the- about this on stream here. I didn't have this prepped, but I just just a second here while I boot up the map. It's there is there fun
2: fungi holidays? What are you the are fun fungi between- holidays?
1: You're in between three civilizations, so it depends which way you go from. Well, really, you have access to four, but I'm not sure how you'll get to the Mer people without magic. <laughs> but um, the the place that you're located, I'm waiting on Photoshop to boot here. The place you're located, you could leave. Um, this is actually one of the things I plan by the way when I session plan we've talked about doing like an actual um, overview of how I session plan someone in chat asked for that I can't do the whole thing yet because they're still in this dungeon but one of the things I plan is exit options for how they leave the dungeon Mm -hmm. and what happens next um, or how they leave the encounter or whatever that that session has in it because that way if they finish way ahead of schedule I have some idea of what's going to happen rather than just like completely making it up so like you guys Um, you guys can leave to the north east and that'll put you back towards the human civilization that um, mm-hmm. that Jebediah and Alin just came from yep. or you can leave to the south and that will take you to the orcs of Bryania, um, which is where Zothkug and Fox came from although since Fox is fleeing there I find it unlikely that he'll be enthusiastic to go back because he's just trying to get away from his hippie parents um, you can go into the, the
2: hands of another hippie orc
1: right you can go to the west um, you can either go to the west like through the tunnels you can try and navigate and excavate your way through the tunnels to the to the west and you'll eventually end up in tumbleweb the old dirt city um, or you can go to the west overland and you'll encounter the beaver folk so it, deter- it depends on which way you guys leave Um, sticking to just the the human and orcish civilizations, the orcs are all very tribal, so their civilization or their holidays, I should say revolve around things that bring tribes together, so like, they have a harvest civilization which will be the Mm -hmm. next thing that's coming up Um, you guys are in late summer right now, is the time of year which we don't know because we haven't come over land yet, we started underground (laughs) but it is late summer um, in, in the world of Uradah And if you go north to the humans, the humans have some cities, and their their society is a little bit more interconnected. And so they have some holidays that are just like because we wanted to celebrate, or because we wanted to sell things. You know, they're a little bit more of a corrupt society. And so the next holiday for them is
0: you selling doesn't necessarily imply corruption as the goddess of
1: trade. No, 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 it wasn't (laughs) because they're selling. I'm saying the purpose of a holiday to sell things is a pretty corrupt notion. Like Uh, versus celebrating something wholesome, like being with your family or whatever, you know.
0: Um, What about something wholesome?
3: Like trade, trade's pretty wholesome.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Would it be
4: considered a wholesome holiday to trade your family?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Um, but the next holiday that's coming no up for one responds, them the just next, like I,
0: leaving that question there sorry. the next holiday that's
1: coming up for them I actually I nervously can't tell laughs. you yet <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you the next holiday for the, the humans uh, because it may be plot related so uh, um, there, there may well, be something I mean, to discover would he there. be aware of it we don't it need if to worry about the, the celebrations
2: the of man we're worried about how the fungoid Uh
1: no it would be the first of its kind wash this, this particular celebration oh okay um, oh, or you. occasion. I shouldn't even call it a celebration. I might have said too much.
3: Celebration <gasps> Come <laughs> on. Maybe we
1: should. Maybe for these these tavern talk things, though. Maybe I should like deepen the lore of the world like a little bit each time. Like just give a couple of like facts about Urida. just to like
2: facts. Or if you, you want to challenge your creative off last writing with fun facts, though.
1: That's
4: what, so what you need to do. Is you need to make a race of really weird voiced characters called the factoid, and they can pop their heads in every once in a while to, uh, to talk about you know the world and whatnot. Nice! Oh no, nice. he's writing it down.
1: Oh no, 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 no I'm, I'm picking up dice to see how many factoids there will be. <laughs> um, I came up with, I actually, so I've sort of come up with something similar to this way in the past. Um, during the pandemic where I wasn't getting to play any D&D and my heart was yearning, um, I, I made a character called Swig, who is a bartender at, um, I have a recurring chain of taverns that appears in every campaign I run. They also exist in Uruda, um, called the Wayfarers Inn. And they also have a, a counterpart called The Wayfarers Out. But um, he's a bartender for The Wayfarers Inn, and he just tells stories that the people traveling through his tavern have told. So it's like a way for me to sort of in character retell stories of campaigns that I really liked. And so I've written a couple of his scripts and I think they're really fun. And I've got, you know, he's got an accent and a backstory and motivations and stuff. So, so I could that's use that's him. That's what maybe. I was going to
0: say is like, I was I was going to say like, if you want to challenge your creative writing, you could write some like legends of of Uradah or like, Maybe even like simulate some like historical documents where it's like, this isn't like, you know, like the, yeah. the books in Skyrim, you know what I'm talking about? Like that kind of stuff. Anyway. I actually
1: never played Skyrim, but I do know what you're talking about. Oh,
3: cool. <laughs> like the Argonian Maid?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: like the Argonian Maid. Also, how did you not play Skyrim? Uh, I just didn't.
3: It's been sold five times. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't I like this. I've, I've only died? played like
0: five levels of Skyrim. Look, Jake, I, I used to be a gamer like,
1: meaty like meaty. you, but then I took an arrow to the knee. Okay. I uh, wasn't able to play Ooh. Skyrim.
0: You know what? I respect that. Yeah. Since you said it that way, all is forgiven. Thank you. So. <laughs>
2: thank you. Uh,
1: except my knee. Uh, rip my knee. That's not yeah, You're finally
3: waking up. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up, Link. Y'all know Mario's in Skyrim? I know
0: that there's a mod for it. Yeah. There's a lot of great Skyrim well, mods. outside so... of the mod, Parthen uh, what? X,
4: what? the dragon, is. Uh, is voiced by Charles Martinet, who is the same guy who is no. Mario's voice since Mario 64.
0: Whoa. No I didn't what know it was Charles. Mm-hmm. What a different voice performance, too. It was completely like.
1: I love that Matt said it like they're on a first name basis. I didn't know that was Charles.
4: <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, Charles. Yeah, Old me and guy. Chuck go,
4: go
0: way, way back.
3: back. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. Surprised it wasn't Chris Pratt. <laughs> I'm gonna take over the world. Here we go. No. <laughs> we gonna talk I, about I
4: the have Mario such movie high now? hopes for that
0: movie. Uh, I, it, my I actually almost, so much. I almost clipped our convers. I decided not to because it was like a th- four-minute conversation but we talked about it a lot on the Halo Infinite stream, probably more than we should have. <laughs> but- <laughs> I mean, come on. Who isn't, though? Who isn't talking about that? That's true. You know what okay. I was... Wait, okay, I will say one thing that this shows how interesting this the casting news was me and like three of my roommates were having a pretty intense conversation about one of our friends like possibly like switching careers and, and figuring out what she wants to do with her life in the kitchen. And we're like having this very intense conversation. And then our other roommate who lives downstairs comes up and goes, guys. Have you seen the Mario casting? And we immediately switch topics into the Mario casting. Like, okay, we're gonna talk about this important thing, then come back to this other important thing. <laughs> anyway, that's Mario like... Mario cast is important. Yeah. Anyway, well, yeah, I forgot for what I route. was
1: gonna say while you ah, told that. So, dang. never mind.
0: Get wrecked. It's gone. I mean, that was what I meant to do. So, um, um, that was yeah. his intention.
1: Yeah, you yep. didn't actually care at all about what I had to say. None. which, like, why None. would you I really right. like
4: what you're doing with the recurring uh, with the recurring tavern? I'm trying to do that in my game. Um, I, I made a tavern called Grapple Bees, which is like <laughs> a that's uh, awesome. It's like a tavern, and then downstairs they have like a brawling pit, like for nice. fights, oh, and it's oh, really cool. kind of like a temple to cord the Stormlord, too. That's cool. Um, and so it's like it's only been in one of my games so far but the idea is that it's like every every major city has a grapplebees.
1: that's, that's awesome. really fun I love that um, what's the I,
0: grapple is it is something in the neighborhood what's the Applebee's like slogan
4: beaten good in the neighborhood
1: ah
0: dude <laughs> yes oh man that's awesome wow
1: that's very funny I, so I actually have also thought of other like stores that are pun names. I probably won't get to use many of them in this campaign because in general we're trying to take a more serious tone. But mm-hmm. like I've thought of a like a, a general wares store called Gnome Depot. And you know, like just some stuff like that that are like little puns on, on real world stores.
0: Here's what I will say. Like I've I have played in campaigns that balance the stupidity of what often happens in D D with a serious tone and so i'm personally not too opposed to like things like oh yeah halfling what was it halfling yelp that was a thing that just like came up in a previous campaign where it was like yes halfling yelp is now a thing halflings are the only ones who do it but they review restaurants and post their reviews on these little pamphlets that they individually hand out to other people to share their opinions about places and like (laughs) and they just called it halfling yelp and so like and but that was a very serious campaign in many other ways so like you know what i mean like i'm i'm not opposed to like putting in stupid funny stuff like that into a
4: i mean if you want to know a really highly rated second breakfast joint you would definitely want to check out halfling yelp
3: exactly. yeah for sure every town you enter you, you go to the notice board you look for those pamphlets yeah yep exactly absolutely <laughs> exactly
1: um I so this this is speaking of things we weren't talking about. Um, nice. I also think, chat, <laughs> that it could be fun to let you submit quests that are posted on the notice board. Like you can submit the quest mm. and the reward value in in gold. Nice, and, that, and that's how we can populate the local notice boards. And that way, you can literally like just drop side quests on the party. Um, that sounds so fun. I, I just think that would be kind of a neat way to, to let you be involved. So if you're out there watching, just bear that in mind. Um, I In the Discord, I have created a couple of channels that I'm, I'm still working on getting everything I want there. But there's going to be like a, a channel for making suggestions for the campaign and a channel where I will specifically ask for things when I need them. So like during a session, I might be like, hey, we're going to meet an NPC soon. What should I name him and stuff like that? Um, Jiggy there'll be like, a all Jiggy sp- Jiggy. it's all Jiggy T. Uh, yeah, there's a channel called Jiggy T where it's all just- Jiggy T. Just- yeah. There's a channel called Jiggy, Jiggy T where everyone all the changes down. their nickname to Jiggy T. Uh, that's, that's part of it. Nice. Um, there's going to be like a spoiler channel where we can talk about what just happened and predictions and stuff like that. So anyway, there's going to be some cool ways for you to be involved. We really want this to be an interactive story, um, yeah. where you get a chance to influence the lives of our four unlikely acquaintances they're
3: not all unlikely
1: but you know when you put them all together i think it's unlikely that these four people would be in the same place traveling together
3: it's already unlikely that the two the one person i'm traveling with <laughs> and yeah. are together
2: so so yeah.
3: there you go those good, 10 though.
2: subscribers to figure out how zoth and fox ended up together That's there great. you
1: go i like that yeah every 10 subs we do another like backstory arc We'll, prequel, we'll do them as like a, a one-off thing
0: nice. nice 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 we can make
1: it a sub only nice. stream that's a thing we can do do you oh. ever notice how when we run out of things to say whatever the last word that was said is everyone just sort of repeats it with different inflections
3: <laughs> that, that's nice. how i operate I, in I, normal life inflections 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 <laughs>
0: I have a topic pivot if we want. I just really <laughs> want to show my magic cards. Really I'm so talk sorry. About magic okay, so <laughs> this weekend... This weekend, Magic. I went on Magic. a a uh, trip to Kansas City with three of my friends <laughs> to shoot a documentary for one of my friends' capstone <laughs> films. It's like being surrounded so, by Pokemon
1: who all just say their names. I both. know. And <laughs> while, we City, while we were in Kansas
0: City, are in Kansas City after after Saturday when we finish shooting. Wash-wash. Saturday. Keep in mind, this is like nine p.m. <laughs> We are like, okay, we really want to play Magic the Gathering, but we didn't bring any cards. So we go to Target and we buy draft sets, like, you know, like draft uh, Draft? uh, booster packs, draft packs. And we do it so we can do, we can each draft a deck (laughs) um, Deck? out of the cards that we we buy. And so I got three draft packs that were all in the Forgotten Realms set that came out this year, which Forgotten Realms, most people know, is the main setting in the D&D lore of like what happens in D&D and so I out of these draft packs I got like a few cards that I was really excited about I won't show all of them I just wanted to show the cards (laughs) I was excited about so they did some cool alternative art I feel like I'm fighting for my life even though you guys aren't saying anything they did some cool Cool alternative (laughs) art on some of these cards such as I got a baleful beholder which The, the camera holder. doesn't holder. want to focus holder. on. Be. 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 Come on. Be. Be. there we go. Uh, it's, it's a beholder, and it's a it's a six five. And when it enters the battlefield, you can like it names its little like effects. My camera, <laughs> it names its effects after like certain like actual attacks it can do or actions it can take in D and D. So like it has anti magic cone. Each opponent sacrifices oh, nice. an enchantment. Enchantment, fear ray creatures could you control gain menace until end of turn so that's kind of fun here's another fun. alternate art card it's a fun. it's not very powerful fun. it's a one drop but it's just a, it's a dry ad right. um i did right. get i did right. get i get right. a, got a legendary right. creature drizzit odurin who is like my favorite D character um within like the oh, like yeah, novels and expanded lore of, of DD. um and so he is a 3-3 with double strike which is Three. a mechanic that i have not used very often come on um, which basically Three. means he gets two attacks when he's attacking, which is Three. pretty cool. Um, he also creates a four one cat creature token, which is um Gun Gunwivar, which I, I I've never pronounced that correctly, but that's correctly. his like his panther companion. Um, and, when, and whenever a creature dies that was has more power <laughs> that has more power than Drizzet, um, you get uh, to Drizzt, put Drizzt. A plus one uh plus one plus one counter on Drizzet. Um, so that's pretty cool. Drizzt, Drizzt.
4: Have What's you up? have you heard the uh, the dramatic reading of the tale of Dritz that Benedict Cumberbatch did recently?
0: No, but <laughs> oh. I, I'm going to after this. Like, <laughs> 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 I don't know if it's specifically now. the
4: tale of Dritz, but okay. like,
0: So so my
4: campaign st- was in uh, we were going through the Lost Minds of Fandelver and uh-huh. you know there's a Drow as like the bad guy in that yep. and stuff and it looked like my campaign was going to start going into the underdark. It ended up taking a turn somewhere else. Uh-huh. Uh so I was doing a whole bunch of research on the uh on the underdark and whatnot yeah. and I yeah, I found it was like this um you know those cheap animations that they do where they like take a still image and they animate like pieces like of a, it to Like kind an of animatic. Make it yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mean cheap as in like I didn't mean to like devalue it, but sure. you know, it's, no, it's not like you fully animated like with yeah. like yeah. keyframes and stuff, but yeah. Um but it's it's like that, but it but it almost reads like a uh, like a a drow bedtime story, and it's oh. super creepy. Yeah, and it's pretty long and pretty detailed, and and at the end it was like you know voiced by Benedict uh-huh. and I was like I was like dude, this was this was pretty intense.
0: You should That's check. out. That's super cool. I Give definitely will. I seen... I own the first like three books in the Legend of Drizzt series, and then I also own volume like the the graphic novel adaptation of the first book as well. Um, which is like pretty well done, also.
1: This um, is a tangent in the wrong direction because it's wait, to one more D and D okay you got one, one more one more
0: card one more card to show I got an alternate uh, alternate art evolving oh, wilds oh, wilds. Um, wilds which you can't wilds. tell right wilds? now but it's because it's out of focus but it's it's a land but it's designed to look okay. like a dungeon module from AD&D. So, a- AD and D so. Yeah, like the cover. Um, so it's D&D? got like, it even says an adventure D&D. for characters level one through four under Evolving wilds. There it is. Oh, nice. Um, so that's really fun. Uh, but yeah,
1: they, I did. I Go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Keep going.
0: I just say I, I did a little research to see if that alternate art is worth anything. It's a $2 card, which is not like that, that big of a deal. But yeah, anyway, go ahead.
1: Dollar. Well, now, now I'm on two tangents. Okay. Uh, uh, the first, in, in order of impor- importance, I'm going to start with the Ruby one. Um, <laughs> they, they recently had one of the original DVD artists do crossover Ruby. art for Ruby, Ruby merch, so they have a bunch Ruby. of Ruby merch that's in the style Ruby. of the old. D&D art, and they, they're cool. named after the adventures. So like, There's one shirt that's got the Huntress and the dragon, and it's like mm-hmm. a, you know, so they're really cool looking, and I may or may not be about to blow all of my birthday money on buying one of each of them. That might nice. be happening. I don't know. We can't say for sure. We don't, don't think blame is constructive at this point in time. The <laughs> other tangent I was going to take is with Benedict Cumberbatch. Have you seen the, like, the the meme about him doing the voiceover for it's like National Geographic or someone trying to say the word penguin yeah no you need to I think it's just called Benedict Cumberbatch tries to say penguin it's on YouTube but it's he literally gets through this whole documentary and not once does he say the word correct it's like penguin uh. and and penwin and but he just cannot say penguin it's huh. so funny and they bring funny. it up at um several like talk shows that he's on like um graham norton and ellen and whatever you know like the yeah. various things where he's doing spot everybody for for like a year and a half brought up did you can you say penguin for me he's like no yeah. I, I won't do it <laughs> that's funny <laughs> amazing um anyway that wasn't Sweet. really related to D D, but it was fun. No,
0: it's related <laughs> to Benedict Cumberbatch. At least I just wanted to show that last <laughs> card before we completely got derailed. So D <laughs> no, is I'm related to
2: Magic the Gathering,
1: which is related to Benedict Cumberbatch. Who is related to Ruby? <laughs> 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 Question mark.
4: If uh, Ruby you, Trevor, you'd probably know this pretty well. Um, but yeah. isn't uh, isn't Theros the book Mythic Odysseys of Theros? Isn't that poly Doesn't that pull in Magic the Gathering? As a setting into D and
2: I, I I don't know that. One. The answer the is answer yes. The answer is yes.
4: Okay. Um,
0: How did they, answer they, is they did that crossover first because uh, Wizards of the Coast owns both. When Wizards right. Wizards created Magic: The Gathering, and then Wizards acquired D and D from TSR when TSR went under. Um, right. But yeah, they did the they did the um, Planeswalker kind of or what. Uh, I can't remember the name of the setting technically, but like Planeswalkers are the primary actors within the the setting of Magic: The Gathering. They did that into D anD D first, and then um, this year is it they did
4: Ravnica Magic.
0: Ravni- well? Ravnica is Magic, yes. Yep, that is okay. one of the planes in Magic: The Gathering. The they that was the guilds, um, the the guild set, which I actually got the Guilds of Ravnica. I have a Planeswalker deck from that set. It's uh, Ral, who's an ele- like an Electromancer, but. Yeah.
4: The uh, the first D&D character I ever played was a Loxodon from, from yeah Ravnica. It was that's a Loxodon sweet. warlock. Yep. Yeah. Oh.
0: I yeah, I if any I don't know if it sounds obviously like wash wash knows a bit of, of Magic: The Gathering stuff. I that's like one of those hobbies that like I don't talk to a lot of people about because it's very niche, but like Magic: The Gathering's so fun. It's like it's one of my favorite games.
4: I I know about it. Um I I never played it. Gotcha. Um, my friend Chris uh, who's like hung out in my stream a, a time or two mm-hmm. he's really big into magic and has been re- he's dumped all over me a ton of times about his d d magic cards nice that he's gotten recently sweet um, so I, I know a lot of it passively and everything and yeah you know, I've got the, the Ravnica book and stuff like that but.
0: with the with the d d crossover stuff into magic they added a dungeon delving mechanic into the game And a treasure mechanic, which is super interesting. They only really interact with the D&D cards, obviously. But basically, like, there's some cards where, like, when they're played or, like, when they're on the field and certain actions take place, it's like, delve one level deeper into the dungeon. And there's a card that you have that has a dungeon. Mm. And each level gives you another benefit, basically. Um, So that's kind of fun. Yeah. And then the the treasure mechanics is, like, creates an artifact on the field that's a treasure, which then can then be redeemed, like, some other creature card might say sacrifice a treasure to do this thing and then so like it's kind of a yeah it's interesting it's fun okay
4: that's pretty cool
0: yeah it's a fun time i i
4: time. love hearing people be passionate yeah, I, I... about things that they, that they <laughs> um I you know like i'm old so i i have to like pick my passions but you sure know, in times past I used to nerd out about Pokemon all the time. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, n- now it's, like, really big in my team. So it's like, when I hear somebody get really passionate about stuff, like, oh, man, there's this one guy I knew who is super into, uh, what? It, Bionicles.
5: Oh, the dude. I remember
4: that. <laughs> I mean, dude, he what, like what dug is, into what, the lore what and what had nostalgia. all the box sets. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. And I, I was like, I was I like, I know what you're things. talking about, but I did not realize that was a rabbit hole, and I'm glad you
1: <laughs> yeah, that's so cool.
0: I've heard it's a rabbit hole. I remember them existing when I was a kid, and I remember watching the movie, the Lego the Bionicle time, movie. Yeah, yep. but um, but I don't remember <laughs> any of the lore, or like, I just remember seeing them as a kid and being like, "That looks cool." But yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. had
3: Bionicles when I was a kid, Same. and I had no idea that I I'd, I gave no it's about the lore. You know, like, I was just like, "It, it looks w-. cool." When I was a kid, yeah, was Hot like, Wheels got the Lord? movie. Are you serious? <laughs> when I
1: when I was a kid, Hot Wheels saying, got the yeah. movie, and I was really into the movie for mm. Hot Wheels. I like didn't even have that many Hot Wheels cars. I had like one or two of them, and they would were. Would you
3: cool. say you were you were hot for Hot Wheels? No,
1: that's not a thing that I would say.
2: <laughs> yeah, hot, wheels, hot Wheels tracks were, were were a lot of fun. Hot Wheels.
1: Yeah. Hot Wheels. Wheels. Hot Wheels.
3: Wheels. Hot
2: Wheels. Hot wheels we had this this game Thanks on. Thanks everybody the for computer. listening
3: to our D&D <laughs> podcast. Devolving <Yeah. laughs> into Hot wheels. <laughs> I, I will say about
0: hot
4: wheels and-
0: <laughs> I think <laughs> whatever I th- we whatever this is could work well on a pod on a podcatcher. Like I feel like if you just like <laughs> save the audio a, pod a c- sorry, a podcatcher, it's like a uh, place that a podcast do I hang
3: it above my bed to keep the pause out of my (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's
0: where you gather ideas for your podcast (laughs) (laughs) anyway what I'm saying is if, if Josh or I or Matt thought it was a good idea to download the audio from this and put it on to like anchor or something I'm sure that wouldn't be a horrible idea but anyway
1: it's story about podcasts and audio i may have already turned our first DD session into the audio for a podcast should have expected be that be already it may be <laughs> just waiting on us to come up with a title for the campaign which we Great. still haven't done what, um, what are you I gonna use as the, the
0: podcast
1: going to use red circle um
0: oh i've not used red circle what's dope um circle yeah. Can it is it a free service or is it paid?
1: It's free at first. I mean it's free forever, but like there's tiers. Um but it's it's free to get everywhere that matters, like Apple Music and and Spotify and whatnot. Cool.
0: I I would say I would still I've used Anchor since before Spotify bought it and since after Spotify bought it. And it's one of the few times that um buy that a bigger company buying a product actually made it way better. Um so I would recommend Anchor if like for some reason Red Circle doesn't happen. But that's yeah, cool. it's a <laughs> service. Yeah, We're
1: gonna sure. we're gonna take a slight detour into business world here, chat. Um, yeah. <laughs> my, my concern with Anchor is that Anchor after ninety days owns every podcast you host on their website. Um, uh, ninety days after it airs, they they own the rights to it. Gotcha. So I, that's why I moved on from them, which yeah, 90 days is a weird time limit to put on it. And the fact that there's a time limit on it is weird. Neither of those, like there's no precedent for that in the copyright world, weird. but that's, that's a thing that's in the terms of service that none of us read and then check the box for and red circles <laughs> terms of service don't have that. Um, well,
0: I would, I will say that sounds like a great idea, a great reason to not use anchor but conversely, their website is so seamless and works so well.
1: That's the <laughs> one compliment I will give it there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the tool can be good and I can yeah. still disagree it. They'll just with steal the
3: your, soul. Yeah. Yes. your soul. Um, <laughs> another fun
1: business fact for it's you, Jim. garbage, but. Uh, yeah. As soon as I established my LLC, the first thing I did for my company is put a lawyer on retainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'd literally just send him the terms of service for everything and ask if there are any red flags in it rather than go. reading it myself. Oh, wow. I'm Might like, as well I use gotta, it. Yeah. I gotta get my my money's worth out of this retainer, right? So yeah. every time I sign up for anything, I send him the terms of service. So he's been through my bank's terms of service. And he's been through like podcast hosting. He's read YouTube's terms of service for me. I just am like, Re- read this and make sure it's okay. Will you? Shoo, shoo, run along, lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> hey, hey, lawyer,
1: lawyer,
2: lawyer, lawyer. If you ever just don't have any terms of service to send him in a month, you know, I, I could send you some some terms of service <laughs> for just him to read just for right. <laughs>
3: <laughs> nice. Is this Amazing. even related to my client? Yeah, this it is this the terms of service
0: of, like, ChexNost accounting software? Why do you, like... <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: the best part about this joke is that I really thought Matt was going to say, is this even related to D&D, like, our topic for the night? And instead, <laughs> yeah. he kept the joke going.
2: <laughs> Read the, the Wizards of the Coast Terms of Service. Yeah, right? Nice. There we go. Brought it back. Brought we'll it the- back. Okay,
4: i the new subclass
1: and nice,
0: <laughs> nice rules have lawyer. We... They just
1: carry around the rule books, but in rules canon. Lawyer.
0: <laughs> have we gotten any update on the Avatar: The Last Airbender RPG? Like when we're going to be getting our rewards from that? Because we backed that Kickstarter.
1: We're expected to get the PDFs in January. Um, yeah, production of the actual books for the avatar delayed. RPG has been delayed because there's not enough cardboard in the United <laughs> States to produce the amount of books that were ordered. That's yep. the actual reason.
0: That is the actual reason. <laughs> um, well, what happened the Matt's email? legs?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matt just leaving and shushing us. That's uh, I don't know what's happening right now. Here's the
0: thing. You say what happened to Matt's legs, but little did you know that's actually how tall he is. So. <laughs> ah. And he's not here to rebuke that. So yeah, he,
1: he's got, he can <laughs> defend himself. Rip Matt. Yep.
0: They call
4: him he, Jebediah from now
1: on. We, yep. we actually have access to the playtest materials for Avatar right now. Yeah. But yeah. The, they have said um, that the playtest materials are like super rough. Like it's there because they wanted people to have something they can play right away. But yep. it's like, it's not the final iteration. So I was thinking yep. that we would wait for the final iteration to play.
0: It's um, gonna be so cool. One like, and, and like, I think it's gonna be extra special when it's like, we got the thing. Yeah. Let's do the thing. I feel you like know, we should like, do
1: another hype week when we get it. Oh um, yeah, and yeah. We yeah. can do because that way we can do like the whole story in like four days and not have to interrupt this campaign.
2: You know? I
0: should. I should come and play in person when we do that. I agree.
2: Yeah. Twenty-four yeah. hour speed run of Avatar: The Last Airbender.
1: <laughs> speed running, we would definitely be the first stream to speedrun it. Yes. Uh, right, Matt? Wouldn't you yeah. agree? Yeah.
3: I'm okay for speed running Airbender the last Avatar. <laughs> nice.
2: Did you nice do that city. on purpose? Because you said that so well. <laughs> for a man who can't say
1: remember, you really did get that right on the first try. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but like you even pause like you realize what you're about to say and then just continued, it continued just like, like ah. it was nothing.
1: What are you talking about? Some men just want to watch The Burn World. Yeah. <laughs> is that is that what all of your your campaigns take place in, Wash? Is it The Burn World? Is that your, your homebrew?
4: home uh, brew be boo Yes.
1: <laughs>
0: it took me a second to realize that those were supposed to be air horns, not like uh, Star Wars laser guns. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> just a stormtrooper firing into the air and excited. <laughs>
4: It's normally much higher, but my cold has dropped. No, like I, know, I, it. I know. I get it. I
1: get it. Don't <laughs> <laughs> fun of my
4: illness,
0: Jake. You're making me
1: grill. Yeah, <laughs> F, F in the chat for Wash's Illness. In this,
0: in this chat, I've already made you laugh. Now I'm trying to make you cry. So I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Give me all of your emotions. I <laughs> will <laughs> suck them from your soul.
4: Jake's confirmed Dementor.
0: Yes. yes oh no This just just devolving so quickly and i love it, it like, is, this we, is, this,
1: this. we're pushing 11 and i'm constantly asking myself is this content do i cut it like, yeah, do exactly. I, it cut yeah. It? I don't mind as like we're having fun but is it still content this is the
0: epitome of like guys who say we should start a podcast and then just like get recorded, <laughs> let it happen you know what i mean like yeah yeah, I feel like true. once we're further into <laughs> yeah, the story,
4: something about that.
0: Anyway. I, I just saw that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> once we're further into the story, there will be more to like, you know, unpack. Oh, I love that TikTok. About. Sorry, uh, I
0: love that TikTok. Yep, that's a good one. I what?
3: Mean, <laughs> the one that the one that washes in memes. Sorry, I know you were talking about something very relevant to the stream, <laughs> but I just had to interrupt. How you. dare you talk yeah. about relevant
5: things? All right, you're
3: right. <laughs> I've relevant. done
2: relevant. screwed up. I'll see relevant? myself relevant. out. Oh. Relevant. 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 Relevant? Elephant? Elephant. Elephant.
4: Alvin. Did us just exit stage right.
0: Yeah, actually, I, yeah, think I don't know it what was... you're
2: talking about. Who's John? Oh,
0: it, it would have been stage right. You're right. No, unless it's re- oh, yeah. unless it's reversed. Uh, Is it mirrored? From... I, exactly. I don't know. No, uh, he it doesn't look
4: mirrored on the stream. So. Wait,
0: no, that is stage right in the context of his office. I know how his I office got works. Got it right. Guys. Whoa! Boy now.
2: Whoa.
0: He entered from the trap door. <laughs> oh, he took I the elevator up,
2: Jake.
4: Going now. Most confusing podcast section ever. Audio <laughs> like, only listeners. Just <laughs> Bro, like,
5: the listeners? <laughs> that <laughs> makes no sense.
4: <laughs> Trevor, would you please narrate what just happened while Josh gets his chair back? So, for yeah. the, for the so what just
2: happened was Josh exited stage right we assume according to Jake based on our best research Josh exited stage right and then, and then he pushed the up arrow on the elevator Pop. and so the elevator went up and ascended him into the frame
1: I contest that
2: it was a out trap, of the door. trap door yeah out of the trap door Jinx, Jinx. a soda?
1: It's only jinx for one of you. Like, latency is going to be different for all the <laughs> <Yes>. of <reasons. laughs>
3: Nice. Well, only my worldview matters. Oh.
1: Oh. Oh, what's okay. one of those podcasts? <laughs> is it? I didn't realize we were one of those podcasts. Matt oh. Rogan.
0: Welcome to. Hey, I as a, as a Joe Rogan fan myself, I don't want to get into that conversation.
3: <laughs> oh, no. We're already controversial. Yeah, ooh, exactly. Ooh, hit them with the hot takes,
0: which this actually is... proves that this is not an echo chamber. If if like we have different opinions we, we about sort the podcast, already. by
3: controversial,
1: <laughs> <laughs> set phasers to controversy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Average Joe yeah. Rogue, Joe Rogue.
1: What is it? We're, we're, all, Joe's we're only ever like seven degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon, right? So eventually we're going to end degrees. up. Like it. I don't know. Maybe it's six degrees. I'm pretty I, sure it was six. I don't really follow Kevin Bacon. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, tell you anything I like about
2: Bacon. I like Kevin Bacon. bacon. <laughs> is it just just like bacon? seven seven degrees and and from any generation, pretty much?
1: Yes, I think that's pretty much the case.
4: I'm not that special. <laughs> I'm like fifteen degrees of separation.
1: Do you want to hear something incredibly lame about me?
3: <laughs> no.
5: That's where we're getting. <laughs> wait, with wait, the wait. Contact.
3: Are you telling me that you, you heard Wash <laughs> be like time, self-deprecating? Never <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Wash be self-deprecating about being like I'm not that special. Like I have to one up this man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is a degrees of separation thing. Trying to, thing. to down me. they you know, <laughs> trying to one down me, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> this is a degrees of separation <laughs> thing. Um,
4: I'm too lived in the Midwest for a little while. I know how I know how one down.
1: Oh, that that wasn't where I was going with it at all. (laughs) (laughs) As the resident Midwesterner,
0: I feel very offended right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, when I was in high school, I used this is an actual game that I would play with my friends that people would look forward to. We would do wiki races where oh, yeah. you start, oh, yeah, someone yeah. picks a topic to start with and someone else picks the topic to end with and you can only get there by clicking on related links. Yep. yep. And it was like uh, the a highlight of the day. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to race from yeah. I literally to the Hindenburg. I saw
4: a TikTok today of a guy who went from Skittles to Batman in like 22.5 seconds. It was impressive.
1: Wow, nice. that's awesome.
2: Depends, although it also, you have to establish the rule set. Are you doing least clicks or are you doing quickest time? That is the Bro. question. True. That do
1: be the question.
2: Different, different, different speed run categories. Yeah. Sixteen
1: star, <laughs> seventy star, any percent Wikipedia speedrun. Yeah, run. exactly. <laughs> yes, I was about to say that. Tune <laughs> in next a, week for our any percent Wikipedia speed run.
2: <laughs> also a a fun fun game. And the um, listeners are gonna love it. Forget the URL, <laughs> but there there's this browser basically game where you like go to this url it drops you just at a random spot uh, in google maps oh yo yeah
0: um, geo guesser yep yeah, yeah geo guesser and you have Dude.
2: to try and figure out where you are you
0: don't that understand was viral right? for a few months yeah. like, you that, don't that was understand.
3: Huge. when i back in when i used to work a soulless job all right <laughs> Um, I worked at a call center. Um, I believe it's been long enough. I'm allowed to talk about it. <laughs> they had me sign like a thing. My where, NDAs like, expired. Like yeah, it was like a one year thing. We're like, well, you can't talk about anything. I, I probably still can't talk about like their proprietary software. But oh, come on. Um, <laughs> so I worked for this place called Kerry International. It's a limousine company that you've never heard of, right? Um, but they they service because a of lot. Yeah, but you got the NDA. Yeah, right. the NDA, yeah. <laughs> just like um, you know cut the b- deep cuts here just like the babies you know being born I was just about to make that reference <laughs> don't don't worry about that one wash um so, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: so,
3: <laughs> I think that NBA is still binding
1: in conversations with mine E-box, is still so.
3: binding yeah <laughs> so so going back to a uh, Geogaster here uh i used to work at this job and i would work uh overnights okay and it'd be soulless it was customer service right you'd get really rich people and or the people that are paid to act you know angry on the behalf of rich people um <laughs> and you know you just have to deal with them and it was soulless and it was draining but i did have one person um that's a tangent never mind but <laughs> point being <laughs> Uh, we used to have nothing to do for hours at a time. Like, there was a dead point in the middle of the night. There was only 15 out of us. 15 of us or less out of a call center of, like, 70 to 80. Dang. Um, And half of those people weren't even on the phone. So it was just, like, seven of us on the phone, and there'd be nothing to do. And so next thing you know, I'd just be like, I am one of the people. I'm like, GeoGuess. (laughs) Because <laughs> like our websites were all blocked, no YouTube, no like you know nothing. So it was either web comics, which funny enough, it was like it guy never thought about it. They're just like, oh yeah, the major one, YouTube, Facebook, gotta get rid of those. And then yep. he just never thought about like the idea of web comics. So yeah, like, like put he it here, not about webtoons. Dude, I yeah, I was my like, webtoons. Dude, I found the gold mine of entertainment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but Guesser was one of those, and we used to like go hard geoguesser. Like we'd play tournaments with these nice. seven people. <laughs> oh wow! Um, and it'd be like, you know, you gotta go. Um, and we'd play like the world one. There was no other ones usually. If we occasionally played like the, you know, France, US, or something. Yeah. But like the world one was like the go-to um, one we did, and that was a time I do gotta say my favorite caller was this American Express agent from Japan. Uh-huh. Um, She's very polite always booked the same thing and she she requested me by name every time she called it at like 4am she'd be like i want to talk to matt i will talk to no one else <laughs> <laughs> i was like
2: popular Matt's and that's how you make your wife you know <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> no it was, it was good it was that was the one one happy moment i had all well, that and talking to chris sabat <laughs> Wait a minute—the one heavy moment. <laughs>
4: yeah. I mean, again, it's a call center. But holy cow, man! Hey, I remember,
1: man. I remember Matt occasionally calling me from that call center because there were so like little calls during the. He worked the late shift, and mm-hmm. so he and I would be on the phone from like one a.m. till four a.m. Because he's like, "Who's gonna be out? Oh, Josh will be up. Josh doesn't sleep." <laughs> like, <laughs> That's great.
0: I, I do you guys know who like made Geogester go viral? Cause it was big on Twitch for a while. Like, I think Ludwig played it with GeoWizard, like, who was like already known for being amazing at that game. And then I think it got big. It was like, it, it was like, our, we were streaming at that time. Like, it was like, I, we never, obviously, we never played it. But yeah,
3: that was a thing. Anyway. Huh. Yeah. And is a lot older than that. But yeah, yeah. there was a time where it just like, people started playing it. And yeah, it know. was like last
0: spring. Like yeah. last
1: springtime, yeah, it what was a fun. Like, iteration Cody Co played like, it, yeah. What a fun iteration of like time wasting at work. I yeah at, <laughs> at my at my job in the Midwest. Um, this is going to be a funnier story for Jake than anyone else because he knows these people personally. Yeah. But I and several of my coworkers presented a nine-page proposal to our boss. That was like included like research and medical paper, re- like references and crap about why it would be good for our productivity to be allowed to have a ping pong tournament. And every day we would participate in the next game of the ping pong tournament. Nice. And we presented for so long that he was like, will you go back to work if I approve this? I was like, yes. And so we were <laughs> like, sure. So that's awesome. that from then on, every day we played three rounds of ping pong. Um, in
0: like I can the imagine who probably spearheaded room. that also. that's That's so fun. That's, yeah.
2: yeah. Was was in your presentation did you include the fact that us making this presentation and presenting to you every day was detracting from <laughs> the productivity at work? No, like, did this was
1: This wasn't like YouTube Premium where the only reason you wanted is to get rid of the ads for YouTube Premium. This was <laughs> this was um I I was like, look, the you know, these these wrist motions that you use in ping pong are proven to reduce carpal tunnel and you know, mm-hmm. late age and like crap like that. I, oh, I'm okay. very I'm very well versed in troll like proposals because I did one in my high school speech class and then never stopped. Right. Um, I, we, we were we were told still to still like giving give it, it to this day. We, <laughs> yeah, we were told to give a speech on an issue that was important to us, and so everyone's doing like you know climate change and abortion and stuff. I did which side of the roll the toilet paper should hang on as my, yes. my speech uh, okay. because it's yep. an issue that's very dear to my heart. Uh, and, and there's you,
0: and I assume your answer is the correct one, right? Of and course it is, is. Which is hanging forward. Yes, so it should
1: always hang over yeah. unless you own cats, and then it should always hang under because mm. cats will unroll oh, it.
4: Oh, wow. so you got, the, you got the cat claws in there yeah. too? Nice for the, the cat claws,
1: claws. For the same carpal tunnel yeah. reason, if you if you have to Take reach under the toilet that paper one. roll then you're going to get, you know, your wrist is going to be constantly doing this motion, which leads to carpal tunnel. And then if you have carpal tunnel, you're going to be in pain, which is going to make you more irritable. And then you're going to be irritable towards your spouse. And then you're going to wreck your marriage. So really hanging your toilet paper the correct way is going to save marriages in America. Um, and also, it's more financially responsible because we all know that people who are irritable and sore are more likely to impulse buy things. Really, the crux of it all was that you're going to get carpal tunnel like immediately <laughs> if you hang <laughs> <laughs> your toilet paper this way. Um, so anyway, so, so from then forward, every speech or proposal I was ever asked to give for an educational reason was a troll and i just sort of took that with me into my real jobs and forgot that i was supposed to be doing actual
3: jobs then
2: it <laughs> was
1: like oh yes the the proposals
3: <laughs> nice i propose um it be like I, that i i definitely know that profession um and i believe that profession is called a professional bser <laughs> <laughs>
2: um no those are philosophers man that's true
3: <laughs> true I'm not gonna lie
4: i was gonna say politician but, you know. that
3: oh, no, oh even better
0: well guys um, that's the stream shit. thank you guys for <laughs>
3: <laughs> so yeah about d and d
1: there's politics in d and d
3: true only if so, you want so how, there to be how, josh how heavy <laughs>
4: do you put how heavy do you normally go politics in your d and d games josh
1: I, I like intrigue in my D&D games, and politics is one of the ways I can generate intrigue, but I almost never have politics just for world building's sake. I like to build the world other ways, um, other than like cultural opinions. So rather than like, ah, the prime minister said this, but parliament is saying this, it'll be like there's a general attitude that will... Um, sort of pervade a culture and then that way I can one have NPCs who are counter to that attitude or I know the general attitude of people. So like um, I'm making this all up off the top of my head but like there could be a general attitude in town that the king's taxes are hogwash and they're, they're much too high and that can give me a point of influence for tension and intrigue In your interactions with those NPCs because someone might look shifty and it might be a red herring because really he just thinks you might be a tax collector and you're you're trying to audit his taxes or it gives me the inroad for you know okay well what is the tension in this town if you guys are looking for a side quest well I know that the political thing that's happening is people are upset about the taxes so the intrigue might be that there's a tax collector and someone wants him robbed so that the money can be distributed back to the townsfolk you know things like that or um, there's that
3: dog that nobody knows who it belongs to and it keeps walking around people keep feeding it and nobody's still looking for it <laughs> and you're just wondering is that somebody's dog or have we just been feeding a wild dog and nobody's really sure but nobody really wants to give in at this point because everybody's comp right. you know, I'm everybody's in a compliment to this point we're all feeding the wild dog so we don't want to admit it's a wild dog you know because right. then it's we've the all been dog. feeding a wild dog so now it's the town dog but who the, who feeds the town dog now it becomes somebody's responsibility and, nobody and then the town to become the becomes a commune and that's
0: the foundation of communism in the no, <laughs> <laughs> the i will Straight say up. i i played an entire um political campaign like the dnd campaign was mostly cruxed on the politics of the kingdom that like of the setting and it just evolved by the end into each player trying to fill the power vacuum after we assassinated the king and it just devolved entirely like the last session was literally everyone turned against each other and while it was fun in a way it also was complete chaos and not very satisfying so like that Mm. that's what happens I think when you lean too much on politics in your campaign
1: I prefer to make morality the struggle rather than politics like find morally challenging um, events to happen Because that's like a a personal character growth arc where you can sort of explore what does morality mean to this character. And it doesn't put you in conflict with the other party members, whereas politics could easily put you in conflict with the other party members. So, like, I actually feel like the last campaign I ran was doing this really well. Um, the, The main... Um, The main twist of the campaign, which I can say at this point, because I don't think these players will ever get back together and continue playing because two of them had a baby, Um, But which congrats to them. um, (laughs) But the the main twist of the campaign is that you're not on the material plane. You're on a demiplane that um, a a demigod stole from the sun god Pelor in uh, a cosmic game of golf. It was one of the stakes and he won. And so he stole this demiplane. And the Archbishop of Pelor, who is sort of the leading rulership, it's an oligarchy, on this demi-plane, has lived his whole life thinking that he's on a plane of Pelor, realizes he's not, and it just breaks him. And he is convinced that to restore his standing with the sun god, he Uh, needs to destroy the plane and everything on it, because it's now an abomination to Pelor. But that's, that's a morality question, not a political question. And so the archbishop is scheming while the, you know, the rest of the church do not realize, except the insiders, for, for his conspiracy. And the party stumble across the conspiracy way out in the boonies. They, they, you know, they come across the one thread, and they're pulling on it. And so it's their morality of what if we could find a way to reattach this demiplane to the material plane, instead of killing everyone on it or failing that. Can we evacuate the people during, you know, the crisis that's coming? And so that's, that's a story with politics. Like there's, you have to learn the way the world interacts and the different opinions of people, but the real struggle is a moral one. Dude, So
3: I've got a really, you know, a good way to blend morals with politics. Okay. Oh no. Uh, you just <laughs> have a friendly debate over which economic system is good or an evil virus of satan
0: and i think that as proven in maybe past discussions that i know at least three people in this group have per- at least been witness to um that's so productive and doesn't lead to hurt feelings ever never ever <laughs> ever
3: actually.
0: so you know
3: no, yeah, never <laughs> there we go i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm just gonna put this in uh i know this. i'll just put that in memes chat so uh anybody listeners <laughs> check out uh if you if you listen at the We uh, figure out what day hey, we ma'am. did this check out the meme channel with that day in our discord you'll you'll well, see that i only reference. have
2: one word in this conversation
3: mm-hmm uh-huh.
1: wingle digits. <laughs> digits wingle digits wingle digits
0: and that's the end of the podcast ladies and gentlemen
1: (laughs) (laughs) Jake keeps trying to sign off are you trying to go (laughs) no I am
0: I just am like finding moments that seem to be like mic drop moments or funny moments Mm -hmm. and then the joke being that's when we end it but Uh it also could be a meta joke and I could be implying that I'm ready to leave but you wouldn't know
1: that's true we wouldn't know know. how you doing man how you doing? I'm fine, baby. How you how doing? You doing?
2: Oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm good, baby. <laughs>
1: uh, how you doing? I didn't realize that was going to be a friend's reference until I did it. But, you know, there it is.
3: Good here. Fun fact: Are you time talking w- like time
4: wise, or are you asking about uh, politics? No, I wasn't. I was I wasn't just sure asking about
1: how your life was. Like, I feel like we talked about politics, and you were just like, "I'm gonna stay out of it." All these young kids talking <laughs> about their their politics and their economics and their ecos. Uh, so I figured I'd bring no, you back no, in. What should true. we talk about?
4: Uh, I've yet to I've yet to be able to to pull politics into a game yet. Um, they've had a couple instances with. Uh, some some rulers of some cities um, but nothing on a on a really big scale um, I tend to improvise a lot I feel like I, I would love to see your preparation process obviously um, we can't really do that with this campaign because I'm a player but i I'd, I'd love to see your preparation process because I I feel like I improvise a, lo- a lot of things um, which works out great for me I use the uh, the lazy dungeon method for mine which is very much a inward you know like an outward spiral um and most things i prep are like i'll get the the basic verb of the campaign and the big question and then i kind of only prepare like two or three paths in front of the players um the the philosophy is to spend your time preparing only what is necessary and then to not spend any time on anything else, because you end up with a lot of prepared material that you don't end up using. It true. Um,
1: I can agree with that. But, that makes but sense. But
4: yeah, I, I really haven't. I really haven't gotten into uh, into politics very, very much. Because, because also, you know, a lot of my players in my games have been new players as well, and they they're really more about being heroic adventurers doing silly and crazy zany things and they like yeah. to be overly powerful and have, you don't want
3: them they get caught up know. in a web of lies as they're being used to do bad evil things but they don't <laughs> know it? Literally how that well, politics it, game
0: works. Like the the one that devolved, the one that I played
4: <laughs> I see I would love that. That sounds incredibly fascinating to me. But my uh my players like they 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 have a hard enough time remembering what they did last game, um, and and are are they're still kind of in the uh, the like a reactionary phase. Like yeah. when I set up a game and in front of them, I kind of have to set the scene, kick their brains back into gear, and be like, "This is where you guys were. This is what you were doing."
1: Sort of um, you. I would I would have no up.
3: idea how that is. I would have no idea.
1: Matt never has this problem. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Never. It, it's an interesting problem though, um, or challenge rather, cuz it's not really a problem. It's like it depends on the players cuz I DM'd before I played and and I'll just That's be honest, it, it's it's harder to play. It's harder for me to play than to than to DM cuz when I sit down at the table and I'm DMing, I have already preloaded the world into my head. And I've I've like I've been building this mental this mental castle and populating it and this that and the other and I've been thinking about it for two or three days, two or three days and uh, and, I, and I sit down and I've, I've like already got it loaded in but when I'm a player and I sit down at a game um, You know, I don't prep as much as a DM so I haven't been thinking about all of the lore and and there's a uh, there's a, a principle that I've been talking with a couple friends of mine where, un- unless it happens at the table, okay. So this is this may be DM heresy. It depends on on your philosophy on dungeon mastering. But I operate from the standpoint that if it doesn't happen at the table, it never happened. So Ooh. if, um, and and that you can't tell your players that, um, because you don't want to break their willing suspension of disbelief. Um, but it's like if you want things like characters off in the background to be doing stuff and to having their plans and and to to be talking you know having fictional conversations with other characters and and you know the, they meet the party and then they leave and then they go off and do something and then they come back later but until that until them going off and doing the thing and then coming back later until they actually come back to the table and and actually interact with the party again that stuff never happened it it hasn't happened until the players see it and when you when you get dm eyes where you universe okay. in your head um the, you don't realize that the players don't see any of that they they've never thought about that it's like describing a room that has a tree in it and never mentioning the tree and so the players never interact with the tree because to them, there is no tree in there because you never said it existed. And so, it's like, ha- like as a player, coming into the game is very different for me because I'm used to having the world loaded in my head. And yeah. unless I write really good notes and spend time to think about Jebediah's backstory and, and his interactions with uh, with Owl and, and, and with the other players, and... and and unless I think about that when I sit down at the table, it can be very, very challenging to to get back into the mode. It's 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 a it's, a, it's fascinating to me because it's a completely different style of play than dungeon mastering, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which is why I actually prefer dungeon mastering than playing because I'm more experienced at it.
1: Nice. Yeah, but that, anyway. I don't think that's heresy. I I think that's just like that's how storytelling works. Well, like D and D is I collaborative mean, storytelling. It, so if I don't tell a part of the story, I can't expect you to know that bit.
4: Well, so so the, the heresy bit comes in where if the the party interacts with this guy and he goes off and has a conversation with the king and he comes back, before he comes back, if the players are like, oh man, I sure hope he wasn't a spy and really he was just a baker or whatever, and you're like, oh, what if he is a spy? And then you can change all that stuff. <laughs> and then when he comes back, he is a spy because it, it like, all of that stuff doesn't happen. Yeah. Until it happens at the table, I think. It but if you tell works. the players that, then that breaks their trust. Well, that, yeah. That you, you, you know, can't,
0: you can't tell them that un- until after the campaign, or you know, like never, maybe. But no, I yeah, think it's as best if I, it's never. <laughs> no. Yeah. You're all you're doing is like creating a better story. Like yeah. like you're taking because you it's so I'm a, I, I go to film school. I'm I'm a film major. I'm currently in school right now. And one of the main things. Nerd. that... I, Okay, Nerd. but what of the main things they're talking about? Is that the director? So there's this like there's this theory that or this popular opinion of like, wow, that director, Steven Spielberg, Christopher Nolan, they they are an auteur. They are they're the complete master visionary of the films they make, and the films are completely their work, which the auteur theory has a lot of merit it started in uh europe a long time ago and it became popular in the 70s in america but it doesn't josh is yawning
1: uh, sorry <laughs> it's not your story
0: um it but like in in reality filmmaking is collaborative and if you're a good and if someone is a good director they will take suggestions and and be observant of what their crew and their department heads and their actors are suggesting, and their also their visions for the story as well as their own. And they can take those into account and bring those together and really make... The director, in essence, is just a yes-no decision maker. They decide mm-hmm. what things they think fit the vision for the film and what it's things don't.
3: almost like they're directing... It's
0: like they're directing <laughs> uh-huh. but yeah. the, uh, the, the greatest directors and especially the directors that a crew or a cast is going to love are the ones that really take input from everyone else also they still have the final say but they take input and i think that's what a dm is doing in that situation where it's like you're just playing off of what's happening and kind of rolling with the punches in a way and just taking inspiration from what your players are doing and I don't think that's heresy. I think that's just being a good DM. Like it's, uh, you know, like it's, yeah. it's just making
1: a better story. There, there's the question <clears throat> of, um, are you playing a game or telling a story? Because there are two different approaches to Dungeons mm. and Dragons. If you are trying to beat the D D mm. campaign, where it's like I have a pre-built module and I intend to win it, like Tomb of Horrors or something, yeah, then there that flexibility I don't think can exist. That's but true. I pretty much only ever play d from the storytelling perspective where I'm like, I want us to tell a dope story that people will repeat later over dinner conversation. You know, like yeah. I, I want that. There are stories from my d campaigns that are six, seven years old that I still tell, like the time Matt accidentally became a dictator. And like they, because, because the story that ended up getting told was so good. And so from that perspective, I think it's absolutely fair game. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah that I, is a
0: that's a clear difference between like dungeon module and campaign but sorry go ahead
2: I would say even cuz I'm running running a module right now running Waterdeep Dragon Heist and I'm still of like and my DMing style is that sort of a wash so super improv it just in my experience whenever I've tried to like hyper plan stuff it just like you don't use like 90% of the stuff you plan it's just a lot more work and also it's honestly it's so hard for me to think or like try and predict what people are gonna do, mm-hmm. especially if it's like a new party. So I find it easier just going in like, yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, I don't need to plan every little. Thing, you know? But as as someone who's running a module, I think, and maybe maybe it's this module in particular, but I'm finding it like very flexible and in, in, in what I can do and sort of how I can guide it. Obviously. It's sort of railroady, like there are very specific events that happen that are just going to happen regardless. Um, but um, I think it's it's very open to flexibility and changing things. And I, you know, being creative with it.
3: I think this what this comes down to, right? Is is we're a little hence hesitant, but I to address it fully. And I think Josh was the bo- one who kind of hit it on the nail. But it, like this, this is. D&D is a storytelling, right? Um, It is storytelling with a little bit of RNG um, and, you know, a little bit of flavor, a little mechanics, but in the end, it's storytelling. And a good storyteller is flexible, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If, I mean, if you're a bard, right, (laughs) like in a realistic setting, uh, and you're telling a story and you look across the crowd and the crowd is having none of it, then you know probably with the story you're telling is not doing the best and you should probably pivot from there, you know And, and it's the same with d like if if it's just not working out or if the players derail, you gotta pivot You know, and I and, and there's pivot. nothing wrong with that. Pivot. And pivot. And so a lot of people see that as uh, With D&D they're like, oh, you only pivot when it goes off the rails. It's like no, you can also pivot if you're like, pivot. oh they, I got an inspiration from my players that this is a lot of better direction to go. Even if they never said it, ex- you know, sometimes like you could say, yes, they said the very thing. That's a great idea. I'm going to go with that very thing. But other times you can be like, wait, wait, no, you're opening the door. You're opening the door to something much greater that you're not even witnessing yet. And, you know, mm-hmm. pivot the story from there. But it's all about flexibility, you know, and you still need to have consistency, though. So that's where you want some sort of structure.
1: Or a right. whiteboard. Like, if you have a new idea in the middle of it and you can just jot that somewhere so you can come back to it when it becomes relevant again.
3: Create a conspiracy. Yeah. consistency...
4: Consistency is... is. The, I'm glad you brought that up, because that's, like, the other piece of it. One of the other, um, like, principles that I've smashed against the first one of, of, like, it doesn't matter, or it's not real until it hits the table. The other one is, once it hits the table, it's canon. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like... You know, if you have a, a goofy tavern called Grapplebees, I mean, that's that's in the lore, and you make it as real as possible, and you make it consistent and and whatnot. Um, yep. I think that there's there's a weird like I, I really like what you're what you're saying about um uh about it being like a shared experience and and you know, the idea of a director and it being flexible and everything. Uh, I think that there is a, a little bit of a difference, though, for the players. It probably depends on the players, and it probably comes down a little bit to whether you're trying to win D and D or whether you're trying to play a story. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the players' mindset is that they are actors in a play, then that is one thing for them to be, you know, flexible with the DM as the director and whatnot. But if they are immersing themselves as actual characters in a world, if they're shedding themselves and and you know diving into the uh, role play, essentially you know, like like really immersing themselves into the world, if they if they see that that world is is a shifting sandy landscape in front of them, then that can break the reality mm. of it like of like if they're trying to go for for the reality thing and that and that's kind of what i mean by by heresy it's, it's like because ultimately you know it doesn't like it's all made up you know and yeah. and it's you know so it's like preserving that that world and and maintaining it and making it feel believable the entire is is part of that social contract between the dm and the players and uh and that's definitely something that you don't want to break and and i feel like saying that hey you know i just kind of improv things off of the cuff can can kind of break that like you don't want to you don't want to let the players know that i don't think none of my players are watching tonight yeah
1: (laughs) i think improv for me is more like a um it's a tool in the toolbox but it's not the only tool And like for right now, you guys are in the middle of a dungeon crawl, so there's a lot less improv and a lot more of what I prepped versus if you're in a like an urban situation or if you're sort of if we get to the, you know, at some point your characters will determine their next step. Um, Like the first session is the one where I'm sort of in control of everything. But from here forward, you know, you guys are steering the ship as well. And so in those situations, there might be a lot more improv because I can't necessarily predict where you're going to steer things. Um, yeah, I, actually, I, do. I, I have made an intermission scene in my OBS in <laughs> case you guys hit me with too hard of a curveball and I'm like we need to take five minutes for me to write nice. some notes <laughs> uh, but I'd, I'm hoping not to have to use it I like to think I'm, I'm pretty quick uh, with, with the improv but I, I do think that there's some element of planning that helps me to be effective at helping the players tell the story they want to tell. Where it's like, my my yeah. planning is less about what's going to happen in the campaign and it's more about how do I support this set of characters in the story they want to tell.
2: Um, That's a good, good take on it, actually.
1: Yeah.
3: You know, I just thought of a good analogy. It's kind of like um, if you're trying to create a river or redirect water, right? Um, some people, you know, the water has a beginning. It has a source and it's going to have an end, right? Otherwise, it's not really a river. It's just this lake right and it's stagnant and it doesn't really it's not really something that flows you want something that flows right you want it to have a consistency it goes from beginning to end and some people like to let it just flow right they kind of put hills here put little dips here to try to direct it but otherwise it could overflow the banks and just go way over yonder and, and you just go with the flow and so other people are like i have built dams and levees and i am directing this as an almost like an act aqueduct i can speak english there's an aqueduct and you know it's very structured it's almost like a canal and it's still a river of some sorts right it's just a lot more structured but either way the important part is that it needs to have flow needs to have the beginning it needs to have an end Mm -hmm. right and everything in between is just like josh said it's another tool in the toolbox at some points you might have to railroad it a little bit You know to kind of get the players moving right they might be stagnant um and in other cases right it's almost beautiful to just kind of watch what the players do you give them the keys and you're like do you flow down this valley do you go over here through this canyon or do you just straight go through this mountain like you never know
1: one of the things that i'm most excited oh sorry you weren't done.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm good. That's that was it. One of the that's... things I'm most excited about for this
1: story is that there are a couple of recurring things I do in my D and D campaigns that two of our players have experienced before. Like it's different every time, but there are, there are premises that I use and things like that. Um, and I'm excited to to put those scenarios in front of the players eventually, but have two new faces approaching it. Um, I think mm. that that will be like a really like you're talking about just letting the river like flow where it will it will be fun to see how it changes by introducing new players to the dynamic and, and sort of changing things up mm. um, like there's a there's a puzzle that has the same setup every time but a different solution every time uh, involving four orbs that <laughs> um, that <laughs> matches like close his eyes and smack his forehead on the microphone um but it's it's different every time but like you know at some point i can't say when it won't be soon but at some point you guys are going to encounter four orbs and have to figure out what to do with them because it's one of the puzzles i love and it's different each time um so anyway i think
0: by the amount of times he's saying it's different each time he's trying to fool us and it's actually the same it's it's gonna gonna be i
2: know where are you gonna go to find find out where he's done it before
1: yeah
0: (laughs) Uh, on his private hey. YouTube videos that he has previous Ooh. campaign, I do have one <laughs> of
1: my campaigns archived in full as just unlisted YouTube videos. But Ooh. I'm, I'm uh, finding
0: those links. That's what I'm saying. Oh, all right. <laughs> he's he's gonna
1: list them. <laughs> the, the The biggest leak of 2021: Josh's private
3: dd sessions. Yeah sessions <laughs> leaked I to the correctly. public. Didn't didn't I basically die in one of those puzzles, or did somebody else? We we totally killed a person. You had a permadeath the
1: first time you encountered that puzzle. It wasn't you, but it was another player had oh, permadeath no. the first time they encountered that puzzle. Um, but uh, I think I Let's them. save that story for next time because it's getting pretty late, <laughs> and I feel like I, f- I feel sad that it after two and a half hours we started getting to really good D and D content. So let's save this energy, uh, Zoth, you need to capture this vibe so you can bring it back for us next time.
2: <laughs> yeah, man.
1: Uh, if you'd prefer to participate rather than just listen to our content, you can join us on Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern over at twitch.tv slash wingbadgergaming. We strive to make our streams as interactive as possible, and we would love to have you help shape the story we're telling. Special thanks to collaborator and fellow streamer Wash Brunello for being part of this tabletop adventure. From all of us here at the Tavern, we'll see you next week.